This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. What's up, Internet? This is Aetherite Radio Gamerscape's Final Fantasy XIV podcast, and I am Chitaru today, sometimes known as Zanidra. Uh, I have with me my beautiful, lovely host friends, Aldino and Rook. And as you may have noticed, we have three guests this time. I'm really passionate about this topic, and so were they. Our guests are Crystal, Kovarin, and Kavalaka. Let's, 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 let's mix it up today. Instead of, instead of going immediately into our news, I want to talk to our guests a little bit. Let's go down the line. Crystal, tell us, tell us about yourself briefly. So before you do your whole intro. So <laughs> if I good. talk some shit right now, nobody can hear no, what I'm saying. No, I fixed it. No, go for it. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hi, everybody. Good? Welcome to Zanidra's podcast, where only Zanidra gets to talk, mm-hmm. and the rest of us <laughs> are here. Last week, everybody else got to talk and not me. So this week... Nobody else gets to talk, just me. As you <laughs> well, recall, I want to hear about the hat on, like you're wearing, your your cosplay. You know, like <laughs> we're good, we're good. We got could, it. Everything's this is, good. This is the portion where you talk, so I'm sorry. You gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, introduction. Hi, I'm Crystal. I'm a cosplayer, dancer, streamer, do a lot of things. Yes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess it's my turn now. Um, yeah. I'm Cobran. Um, real name's Kevin. Um, I've been cosplaying since 2004. A uh, long-time cosplayer. Um, and just been in the community for what feels like forever. Um, been playing Final Fantasy XIV since ARR. Uh, loving it. And yeah, so so that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! And I'm Kappa. Kapleka. I go by Christine, though, in real life. And I've been cosplaying since 2005. Kobe got me into playing Final Fantasy XIV, and we just love cosplaying XIV together now. And uh, doing tons and tons of photo shoots in Florida, which has a surprising amount of beautiful cosplay locations. So just say and hit us up if you want like a certain uh, nice. venue, avenue. Also, well done, Cameron, getting uh, Kapaleka into Final Fantasy XIV. Great Thank job on that. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. I was super stubborn about it. <laughs> oh, no. It, it tends to be like a domino effect. I got her into it, and then our other friends started playing it, and they got their friends to start playing it, and now, like, everyone. <laughs> Snowball, right? That I think exactly. it's, always, it's always the most stubborn people who end up loving it the most. That is true. so true. Mm-hmm. It's accurate. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. <clears throat> That's so, right. Some. 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 <laughs> I gotta drink water. 
<laughs> what? Who? <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> All right. So that done. We're going to talk a little bit about news. Just a little bit. The PvP Series 3 ends uh, with the release of Patch 6. Point 4, which is Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, May 23rd. By the time this podcast is out for your regular listening pleasure, you're going to have like a day left. Uh, if you if you want these rewards, you've got to start working like right now. Now is a good time while you listen to us um, to do PvP because you can do both at the same time. Listen in and scream at people <laughs> while they murder you or you murder them. It's fine. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you are listening to this in the future, you did miss your chance. So <laughs> yep. Sorry. get it done by Tuesday, May 23rd. At least get the emote. The emote is totally gettable in like an hour. You can do it. I believe in you. Thank you. It's a, it's a cool amount. That glamour, though. Yes. It's so <laughs> no. good. Even if you're not going to use it right now, but if you are able to obtain it, just get it. We don't know when it's going to make it to some other vendor or something else. We have no idea how long it's going to be. So if you can and you've got the time and there's nothing else to do in game, go for it. If you can't, it's okay. It'll come back someday, but mm-hmm. it's worth it. This is your chance at armor for classes that don't get armor, so That's get true. it now. Are you a healer? Because we're Would you like to wear robes? armor? You can't, except Forever. for this. <laughs> Oh. Unless you've got the legacy mail. Ship out my red mage paladin. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> How thematic. All right. So to commemorate the upcoming 10th anniversary of 14, A Realm Reborn. That's A Realm Reborn, not the original one. Uh, the official English, French, and German Twitter accounts will be having a sweepstakes. Uh, let's see. It's every month from May to August. So uh, Sunday, May 14th which has already happened, to May 27th, which will be in the uh, middle of next week, or the end of next week. If you do their little retweet doodle that they ask you to do, which I have not gone into detail here, but, you know, check out the website. That's how you do it. Um, you'll get an original fat chocobo whistle, which is the big white chocobo with the, the geisel green on the, the fishing pole. There's so many of them now. There's, like, four different versions. But that is uh, sweepstakes for English, French, and German, so... It's very, very available if you have not gotten that item yet and you want to. I, I actually set it up. I was about to tweet and I was like, wait a minute. Do I have this already? Yes, I do. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, good to check on that because I had the same thing where I was like, wait, which one do I have? I've got the, the black chocobo. Not this one. Okay, all right. And then I retweeted it and I went, great, excellent. I'm not taking this from somebody else that yeah. already has it. Right. All right. The patch 6.4 special set has been updated to include the trailer revealed during the letter from the producer life. I don't even know what number that is. 77. Is that right? I don't know. Yeah, totally. That seems right it to is, me. It is actually 77. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to know how far your GP got in Zelda. I just need to know. <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, if you're uh, you're like me and you're like, show me the new armor, show me the new the new cute stuff that's going on, go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, this is my own news. It's a silly little thing to add, but when we were doing our furnishing episode, we talked about how long it took them to get the furnishing contest winners in the game. Well, with this, uh, release coming up, patch 6.4, winners from the latest contest will be implemented. And it blew my mind. Mm. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was newsworthy. But, you know, I'm really into furnishing, so it could just I know. be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so many of the latest entries look so good. Yes. Super excited. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. That is the news. 
We're done. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> the now, end. Now we're going to talk about cosplay, the purpose of this particular podcast. Today, anyway. Uh, I thought the best place to start was where to start. So start we're with the hardest question. We're just going to go down, down the list of us. Uh, we'll start with our guests. And uh, you can tell us how and why did you get into this crazy hobby? So, Crystal. Well, I got into it because my friends made me. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean that's a very real answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Actually, it is partially true. So, like, I didn't know that anime conventions were a thing until I was like a sophomore in high school. That was 2010, so 13 years ago. They were like, "Oh, there's this like local convention that's like about anime," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, that sounds cool." And then we like look up pictures online, and we're like wait, like everybody's dressed up. Is this like a normal thing? When we look up like pictures, cause like we're all new to this world of anime conventions and we're like, oh my gosh, people dress up as characters they like and that's really cool. So we were thinking like, oh, Halloween, but like better. And mm. then, so we, it, I, at that point I just like bought a cosplay of my favorite character at that time. And then I went to the anime convention and that was the start of it and then well, one thing I will never forget was that, like, I didn't know that people made their cosplays. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I just, like, bought it online, and then I, I went to my convention. And then my mind was blown because I stepped foot in the convention, and then I'm like, holy crap, people make their costumes. <laughs> I have to ask the follow-up question. What character was that? Oh, Lena Lee from D. Gray Man, because I'm ah, not a big D. Gray Man nice. fan. It's old anime. But, uh, yeah, so I bought Lena Lee's outfit. I don't even remember where I bought it anymore, but <laughs> yeah, just I, at that point, after seeing people make their own cosplays, which I didn't even think was a thing until I had arrived at the convention, I was like, game over, I'm making everything, because I just love making stuff. I've always, I, I liked making costumes before that, so like doing it for like nerdy anime stuff just like felt so fun, and that, yeah, that was it. Since then, I've just been making slash buying costumes in a mix match. All right. Love it. So um, same question for me. I, um, I I kind of had a similar experience sophomore year of high school. Uh, I discovered that, you know, anime cons were a thing. But I lived in Florida and all those cons, they happened in California. And so there were there were none around me um, until, you know, one day someone walked in and they were wearing an anime shirt that I was really into. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Where did you get that? And they're like, oh, I got it at Megacon. It's like, you know, three months away. And I was like, what? One of these cons near me. <laughs> so um, I went. I had an amazing time. And then I saw people dressed up. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That looks really awesome. Like, I can tell who's into what because I can see what they're dressed up as. And it's a really easy way to make friends. So I actually spent about three years kind of thrift store diving costumes. Um, yes. And, mm -hmm. and that, that was kind of my introduction to it until Full Metal Alchemist came out in like 2004, like the original one. And I was like, Roy Mustang, I want to do that. Um, but you're not going to find that in the thrift store. So I was like, gotta learn how to sew. All right, <laughs> here we go. And it's it's been an addiction ever since then. <laughs> oh, I hear that. And I met Cove, my husband, through this cosplay addiction because he used to like be the guy in Florida that would host these like huge cosplay parties. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> How I got into cosplay. Um, 
It was like right after senior year of high school, my grandma taught me how to make a prom dress and I was like super into sewing. And like, I also was super late into like gaming Final Fantasy games. Like I had played Super Mario when I was a kid, but I fell in love with Final Fantasy seven and like, oh, Tifa, I want Tifa to be my first costume. I wonder if anybody else makes this stuff. And like, I found out that like within a month, one of the biggest conventions in my hometown, um, which is Tampa, Metrocon was coming up like, oh, cool. So, you know, I volunteered for the con and made a bunch of friends. And it's just been like that ever since 2005. Excellent. Beautiful. I like how like similar yeah. these stories are. Where it's just like, <laughs> I heard about a thing and I went to the thing and I was like, holy shit, I can dress like a character. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love when yourself um, mentioned Halloween. Like, do you find that now as a cosplayer, are you extra lazy on Halloween? Yes! Yes! Every other I don't day. do anything on Halloween yes! anymore. Yes! Oh, same. I, I, I have not. the same I get thought. so tired. I'm like, <laughs> well, I you have all these costumes, too. You have all these costumes already. If you need a costume, it's like, which one? Okay, sure. This is done already. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Halloween take work to put on. face yeah. mask tonight and hand out candy. Yeah. Yeah. I always hate the feeling of disappointment because like my friends used to like in high school used to look forward to my outfit that I would wear for Halloween. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not wearing anything because I really don't want to. I, I think the worst thing, though, is when you have friends that do dress up for Halloween and they know you're a cosplayer and they're like, hey, can you make me this? No. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it is I think it is an opportunity when friends are like, oh, are you dressing up? Like, no, nah, but you can ask me questions. Or <laughs> if you want to do a group and I'll be a part of it, sure. Like, I'll do it with you to just to get, like, all the newcomers into cosplay. Yeah. Right. The drug is Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can I also just say, um, completely unrelated, but watching because uh, both Keppa and Gob are in the same house, watching as your cat <laughs> goes from one room to the other to get attention from both of you is hilarious. <laughs> this little cat tail just wiggles in front of the webcam. It's the exact same cat tail tail. <laughs> so cute, so cute. Um, but also really interesting how I think con culture for so many of us whether we came in from anime or from games or from final fantasy or right i mean obviously everybody here at some point i think has done something relating to 14 cosplay and we have fan fest coming up and things so <laughs> what no we have fan fest and things coming up but um con culture hitting the us and and becoming something that really developed was a huge introduction for a lot of people into the fact that hey if you loved something i love how you put it cob like you could just tell other people you can easily identify like hey we share a love of something and you know a love of these characters or these different things and in many ways you just immediately have that connection even if you've never spoken to each other because you both experienced something that you loved and wanted to kind of be a part of all right rook i know you have a story how do you get I? into cosplay oh uh I'm trying to think if there's like a specific one that's more interesting than just what everyone else has already said. <laughs> I caught it, anime conventions. It was the exact same. It was the exact same. And I haven't even cosplayed as much as all the rest of you have. You know, I I did a couple big cosplays and I was like, I'm good. What was <laughs> like, your first cosplay though? It's always that first. Mm -hmm. Oh, my very first one wildly enough was from um, a really obscure manga at the time that my girlfriend was into. Mm-hmm. She got me into it. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you what it was called anymore. Oh God, it was, um, oh gosh. Anticipation. 
I'm so sorry. I'm the literal worst. <laughs> What's the plot? I, what is it? Is it Dean Angel? I need to no, know. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Now look, I do love Dean Angel. <laughs> and I will stand by that to this day. No, it wasn't. It was this really obscure manga. It was all like set in like feudal Japan. The character's name starts with an M and she had short like brown black hair and was wearing like a kimono and had um like like it was it was like a very it's no, beautiful it's not fushigi yugi know. is it no not fushigi okay. yeah, i'm talking this was not mainstream this oh, no. was like a like a, a more historical fantasy gorgeous art blade of the immortal not Blade of the but Immortal. That's less of a thing that you would have female <laughs> characters. In. I'll I'll have to I'll have to like look at maybe during the podcast I can Google browse mm -hmm. a little bit and like look for it. Um, that was the first one that I did. Uh, but I mean I kind of did a variety of other little cosplays and the one that was like the really big one for me that was the biggest labor of love I think I've ever done in a cosplay was Commander Shepard from Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, awesome. And that was like we did a big group cosplay for that. Um, and then more recently, Vinat with Final Fantasy fourteen, and because um, she's just been a character that means so much. So like, it's it's one of those things where I lack a lot of the skills, but I have the absolute like. If somebody wants to slap a costume on me, or if I know how to get access to a costume, I'm like, I will do this. I will rock this. I will live it. I will. But I've never been somebody who's been super hands on myself. But I have always been so inspired by all of the convention um you know like all of the energy the hype and now especially with social media and seeing content creators who are sharing that like out into the world outside of just conventions like um for a long time that's really the only place that i saw cosplay and connected to it um and so it's been really cool to see but yeah no no like super exciting story or like wild thing that got me into it it was it was the same i fell in love with the anime went to a convention costume it's just like i mean you're, you're literally wearing your fandom right did anyone recognize you at like a convention like oh i know that whatever mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> all right mr charles uh it's your fault <laughs> uh somewhat somewhat so we went to high school together uh this was a while ago um <laughs> i yeah i don't even want to say i started cosplaying i guess 2001 i suppose um, so there was an anime club at a local uh, comic book shop. And I was like, I like anime. At least I like Macross and Gundam. I'll go there. Why not? And, you know, there was a group of friends there that I just kind of stumbled into. They were already doing it. And so their main focus was doing skits for masquerades at, like, all of the, mid, uh, you know, kind of mid-Atlantic conventions. So we went to six a year almost. And we would do masquerade skits at each one now i wasn't in all of them i think the first one i was in was angel sanctuary yep. so that yes. manga slash anime the first or the second one uh i think the first one probably i don't remember no it was the second one you guys had done the skit already yep. and then you were doing another one yeah that's right and i was main character satsuna is mm -hmm. that his name yeah yeah I think that's right so it was basically just a shirt and slacks and i was like cool i guess i'm doing it too um, and then we just kept doing it. Uh, we just kept doing it. Like, I'll let you tell that part of the story. But yeah, from then on, there were just skits at every convention that we could get to. So anything from Utena to Sailor Moon to, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of some more violinists of Hamlin to, Ooh. yeah, oh, wow. yeah, like 
a lot of that's really obscure things. Really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Magic Knight, Ray Earth, uh, a whole bunch of stuff, and then we just kept that that group going for a long time. Um, and I didn't really make costumes, honestly. It was mostly my partner. And uh, every once in a while, I'd help out with props or something. I just suck at crafting things. I'm not very good at art. But then I was kind of okay at, like, choreo and doing the masquerade part of it. So I just kind of stayed. Um, mm. I'm a secret theater nerd, even though I never was in any of that. But, yeah, so that's kind of how I got into it. And I almost don't do it anymore, he says, after cosplaying at MAGFest. What is that? Four months ago. Um, <laughs> mostly due to the peer pressure. But yeah, I um you can quit anytime it, you want to, right? Uh, yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. I can't because my partner just continues to make costumes that she's like, wear this. And I'm like, well, I can't say no. I'm just going to wear it. You did it. So I'm going to wear it. Uh, yeah. And I haven't done any 14 and I should maybe one day. Yeah. But yeah, that's my story. Yeah, you definitely okay. should. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should. Also, I did find it and you were correct. It is Blade of the Immortal. There was. I, oh, you wow. were correct. You were correct. It was Machier from Blade of the Immortal. And I, it's much less uh, obscure now, much less obtuse well, yeah. than, I, than it yeah. was at the time. <laughs> like, I think it was something that, like, none of our you friends knew. You made it popular. Knew. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that was all me. I'm... One year at Anime Central. <laughs> I remember our friends cosplaying Naruto when it was just a manga, and they yes. made Naruto yellow because they had no idea what the color was going to be because there was no illustrations at the time. Like, sometimes you get to it, and people don't know about it, and then it explodes, and you're like, oh, right, I was, oh, I see, everybody likes it now, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my costume's wrong, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started in 2000 at NeckleCon 3, oh, wow. which is our little local uh, con here. Um, I was drafted. We were. Mm-hmm. I was already going to that anime club that Charles mentioned. Drafted. And yeah. uh, there were some older kids who were going to go to the con and wanted to do a skit and just needed more bodies. Yep. So they were like, hey, are you going to this thing? Can we just, like, dress you up, please? You can just walk on the stage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay, sure, why not? This could be fun. Um, I had two costumes for that convention. One that was actually uh, sewn by my aunt, because uh, I didn't know how to sew at the time. It was mm-hmm. Kenshin from Ravoni Kenshin. <gasps> oh! <laughs> yep. cool. And uh, I used my own hair. <laughs> uh, for, okay. yeah. I mean, it's it was kind of, you know, ready Auburn. So I was like, I don't know how to wig. This will work. Um, and for the, the actual skit that I got drafted into, I was Karai from Angel Sanctuary. Who's like this little little demon chick, and mm-hmm. at the time, not really anybody in our cosplay group knew how to sew. So it was a lot of like, what can we find at the thrift store mm-hmm. that looks vaguely like this costume? And party city wigs. <laughs> oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Mm. Before I Arda. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Gosh. I don't and... know where they found it. Actually, do I know where they found it? I don't know. I have this wig to this day uh, that <laughs> I use for this character. I have way too many wigs, you guys. Uh, you probably mm. all have way too many wigs. Oh, you also. should see our collection. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I had this. I have this wig to this day. I've used it for at least two other costumes. And when you're in a group of cosplayers, it's like, well, you have a costume that needs this wig. Here you go. Just trade yeah. it around. Yeah. Uh, and you, I think it. To mention being drafted and being a body. So our cosplay mm-hmm. group had 15 people yeah. for six years or so. 
I want to say. And so we did 15 people on stage, which is not allowed. No. So oh. we did people coming <laughs> off and on stage. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> That's right? really clever. Like, so we yeah. would put up curtains. So I was, you know, like there's a lot of like stage ninja stuff going on and like big curtains and really done up performances um, with 15 people doing costume changes on stage. I forgot we, yeah. we had literal scenes where it's like, okay, it's your yep. turn. You go on. They'll come off. Now yep. you go on. Yeah. But we, we, we really, we got into telling, like picking a series and telling the whole mm-hmm. like story arc. We actually awesome. did a a series of cosplays like charles was saying we did like four to six cons oh a year yeah. uh, that's why i was very poor as a young adult yeah. <laughs> like very poor <laughs> yeah. it's not a cheap hobby no, no it is it's not. not but we did no, but um, some other be- oh, i'm sorry I didn't you're, you're fine i'm almost done we we did all four seasons of sailor moon at one yep. point just like back to back it was really fun I will never wear a fuku again. (laughs) I'll never forget like the the change to Eternal Sailor Moon on stage in which someone was basically just wearing ribbons um, after they changed. Bodysuit, ribbons, all stuffed under her fuku. And then like there's a point where all of the the starlights who are the the ones in the bikinis, for those who don't know, are like sort of huddled around her like, no, you're going to be okay. Get up. You know, it's part of the skit. But then when she gets up, she's wearing ribbons. And yep. that's the kind of crap we love to do in our skits is be like, surprise yep. change. How did yep. that happen? Wow. Yeah. It's magic. It's real fun. <laughs> I just feel like the best cosplay skits, though, are the ones where people get creative being super cheap. Like mm-hmm. for, for a while, there was like this group just going around Florida. I, I don't even remember the name, but I remember all of their skits. It was like, it looked like a group of frat guys that they just found like the crappiest like party city tablecloths and made like BBC mm. costumes and like they came a fight scene where it was Vegeta and like they would jump back and then they'd all like come back and forth like <laughs> it was just it was just so well done and so cheaply done so yeah. getting creative mm-hmm. on the cheap is the best I agree I agree mm-hmm. all right let's do favorite costume and have you done a 14 costume my favorite costume just so happens to be my first 14 costume (laughs) is this the dancer yeah i did i did the dancer (laughs) Shadowbringers uh job gear uh specifically and that was extremely challenging because it was a lot of stuff that i had never done before combined into like one costume but um i think what amazed me about that costume the most was that I never, this is where I realized that like, uh, quote unquote, like skimpy cosplays are so hard when they yeah. have all these tiny little details everywhere. My respect went up so high because <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, that doesn't look like there's much to this outfit. You know, you got a bra, you got like hip things. And then, and then you have jewelry hanging everywhere. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> the details really add up for like not being much of a costume in itself but everything on top of it and the details i was like wow um but yeah it was definitely my favorite costume was my dancer one and it turned i love how it turned out i still love it to this day and i cried when i had to take it apart (laughs) (laughs) when it was retired but it happens (laughs) but it was it was a good time i love that costume So um, my favorite costumes uh, are usually the ones that I've most recently made just because I I like to learn something new from every costume that I build. Um, But I would say in this case, uh, my Astinian 
and my Asian uh, are my two favorites. Uh, the Asian because it just looks amazing. I, I love how I feel in that costume, and the Asian because of the reactions I get from people. <laughs> because they're like, "Oh, you." Um, but I, oh God, I've done quite a few fourteen cosplays at this point. I've done a white mage. I did a Stinian, like I said, um, Asian uh, La Habrea, and then uh, La Habrea from Pandemonium, Damn. and then uh, Hithlidaeus. And I'm working on Fortunal right now, so I'm kind of falling into this trend of doing cosplays of disappointed fathers from 14. Mm. So <laughs> all I got to do is thank it, and I'm I'm set. Uh, <laughs> Featuring all of my white-haired husbands. That's good. <laughs> good, good, good. That's got to be very convenient for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. Cosplay couples, the biggest brain ever, honestly, as I think about it now, because you just be like, "Who's your favorite character?" All right, I'll dress up as that. <laughs> Um, well, for me, my favorite 14 cosplay is uh, my Vinod, because it was so simple, but she was such a great character, loved her so much. Um, but favorite to wear, though, is Leaf. Even though, like, the connect the character, I'm like, eh, she's I like, she's I mm -hmm. But, like, mm -hmm. it was such a challenge to figure out all the crazy sewing for that outfit, because, come on, as soon as we saw that red dress, I think we were all like, I want that outfit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Truth. Hang on, hang on. I don't know if it'll work, but uh, come on. Nope. Nope. Well, at FanFest 2018, like, there's a blade in here that shoots out, but I don't know. I gotta figure out how to make it work. I had, like, a momentary panic. Oh. Like, it's gonna work right now. Don't point it at the camera. Oh, I'm not gonna point it at my eyeball either. I'm like, what? <laughs> it worked on stage. That's when it mattered. Yeah, that yes. was the most important. Mm -hmm. I feel like I probably saw it then. No. Probably you did. did. If you were at that fan Probably fest, you would have yeah. definitely been at the cosplay contest. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, Rook. What have you cosplayed oh. from 14? Vinat. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yep, yes. I mean, probably my favorite costume to have ever worn was Commander Shepard. Mm -hmm. It was so mm -hmm. special. Like, it came at a time, too, in my life where... I was miserable, <laughs> just, to be, just to be honest. Like I was going through so much, so many things had gone wrong. Um, and one of the franchises that at the time just was like my anchor was Mass Effect. And the Final Fantasy games have been that to me and 14 has been that to me over the years as well. But like my life was in shambles and I put this costume on and for a glorious weekend, I was unstoppable. I was Commander <laughs> Shepard. And I remember like, a little kid came like running up to me um, one day when I was leaving the center, uh, the convention center, and he was with his mom who looked like she was probably a single mom. We got to talking a little bit, and this kid looked like his entire world had been illuminated, like when he saw me. And he ran straight up and he said, You're Commander Shepard. And I went, I am. And he goes, You're my favorite. You're my absolute favorite. And I like, melted he was like i love mass effect and i was like i do too buddy <laughs> and i like knelt down and gave this kid this huge hug and his mom was talking to me about how they had been playing the game together and it i just got the sense that they had been going through it too whether it was like a recent divorce or whatever and that they played with femshep and like so to him he was seeing 
somebody who was like his hero in this time of change. And I was emotionally devastated forever and to this day, <laughs> mm -hmm. like having that moment. Cause I had a single, I grew up a single mom too. And like everything in my own life and knowing that we could have these characters that meant so much was incredible. And Vinat was one of those characters for me and has been ever since she was introduced as well that like the moment she was introduced i was like no matter what i want to do a cosplay of this character and i don't necessarily like i said i'm not even as proactive cosplaying as many of you um and i just like the drive was so intense it's <laughs> like i must be her and it was oh, hilarious Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. I used my hair when I did, because I mm -hmm. made a, a, a music video. Uh, mm -hmm. I sang answers it dressed as her, but I used my own hair for that video at the time because I was coming off of a bunch of travel and I was like, whatever, my hair is fine. It looks enough. But I actually want to get a wig for her for FanFest. So I might be poking all of you about wig styling tips very soon. Um, but uh, funnily enough, Cobb is the one who gave me the mask for that because Aww. Cobb had me on the podcast right at the time that I was trying to get things together. And I had ordered a custom mask from somebody else and the person completely flaked. And right at that time, and I had seen your molds because they had just come out and you had just like started like talking about them on social media. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, I should have just gotten one from, I should have just gotten oh. one from Cobb. I can't believe, like I had commissioned the person months before and Cobb had me on the podcast and was like, can I send a little something your way? And I was like, don't mask me. He's like, I need it for a video in a week, please. I, you did such beautiful work. Um, so I still, I have it right over here on my on my shelf, and I busted out for the outfit. But yeah, those are probably my two favorites, and I'll definitely be bringing Vinat to FanFest. So can't wait. Can we, we, we should do like a Vinat picture, double picture. If you're bringing her yeah. to FanFest, oh, okay. Mm. Oh, yes. Well, like, I wanted it with Cuddlin, but now at this point, I'm just like, I just want to be lazy. But right. I'm going to call you when I need my Vinat when I make Cuddlin, please. It's going to be hot. I That's yes. the other thing. I'm like, I'm like I kind of want something, but also I want to be comfortable in the Vegas heat. Mm. <laughs> and Let's the heat just out there do, is... like, bathing suit versions of all of our characters. Done. Meet up by the pool. There you go. Grab a drink. Up, just like wear a white bikini. We're all bit Vinod. Or, you know, That's it. Nailed it. Oh. Nailed it. All right, Joe. Shisui everything. Yeah. Yeah. Shisui everything. Every class. Funny. Just, uh, I know you know how to make state cosplays now. So, you know, I know you know how mm. to now. So let's do it. Okay. Trolls. Trolls. Yeah, sure. Uh, favorite cosplay is kind of difficult because most of the time, Everybody in the group would be, we need bodies. This violinist of Hamlet, can you be the bad guy? And I'd be like, I've never seen it. Sure, put me in the costume. That's fine. Um, uh, much the same for like Magic Knight's Rare Earth. It wasn't until. the bad guy for that one. <laughs> Doesn't well, matter. I guess technically, yeah, but spoiler, supposedly. Because oh. like, isn't the character I was like the bad guy and then it turns out to be you? I forget. I don't even remember. Um, but. So I think my favorite probably has to be the first one that I was super invested in, which was from Tales of the Abyss. Yeah. Mm. And it was the villain kind of Van Destelka or or Van. And I had to we were doing like live fight choreo on the stage and his sword is six foot long. And we made it uh, exactly that way. And it was super heavy. And I had to try not to kill everyone else who was we were actually making contact with these weapons. And I just remember putting that together, the skit itself, how much work everybody put into it. So that is definitely my favorite one. Even if, like, I think the only thing that I really did for that is cutting out, you know, making the prop and doing, like, the belts or something. 
because I don't do a whole lot. And that, since I haven't done any 14 cosplay, I'll just say the ones that I want to do, I think, Oriange and Aaronville. One day. One day. Oh, I'm yes, yes, such an Aaronville stan. I would worship. <laughs> I haven't seen a cosplay of him. He's, he is super cool. I want to see more of him. I think we will. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's a good bet. I do have to say, you also have the most intense Orianje energy, and I just think you would <laughs> nail, you would pull off that outfit, even if it was, like uh, Kappa was saying earlier, like the group that's like, we went and we bought like garbage yeah. bags. Yep. <laughs> you could do the lowest budget cosplay of Orianje, and genuinely, I think you would still pull it off, because See that? you just have that strong energy. Yeah, I just, I don't want to doom my partner to making something like that, right? Because I'm not, I can't, I am not gonna, one, I don't have the time right now. But two, so I, I usually go, yeah, just make the easiest thing you can think of. That's fine. Just whatever. If you're going to make robes, you know, like the, the forum robes, yeah, do that. If you're making it super easy, I'll just wear an Asian mask. That's all good. But yeah, those, those would be the ones that I think I want to do one of these days. Are we talking like mutton chop version Orianje or sexy Orianje with like the gems and stuff? I I would do current, yeah. I would do now, <laughs> you know, astrologian Orianje. Yeah. Don't they yeah. both have mutton chops? Kind of. Yeah. One has I, more jewelry. Yeah, one, one, one has more jewelry for the mutton chops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but you guys know what I mean when I say. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. One. Yeah. That mm -hmm. deep V back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, deep V back. Yep, that's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> My goodness. I've been in less clothes for cosplay that I didn't even know what it was, so. Sinidra, yeah. <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> Just a small aside, uh, we've, Charles and I have done so many costumes for characters that we didn't know anything about in series nope. <laughs> that we didn't know anything about. Mm -mm. Because when you have a group of 15 people who want to do skits, everybody kind of gets a turn. Uh, mm -hmm. And so sometimes they're like, I want to do Violinist of Hamelin. Let me keep bringing it up. I don't know anything about Violinist of Hamelin. I don't mm -hmm. know what the character was that I that I wore. But, you know, they had a good time. So Yeah. They <laughs> enjoyed the skit. And yeah. people in the audience were like, wait, there's an anime or, or manga that I've never... Like, I've seen this once. How were they doing a skit? I don't know. I, I'm, having, I'm actually having legitimate trouble thinking of a favorite costume. Mm. <laughs> um, most recent favorite is probably Vi from Arcane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the the one that I that one I bought most recent that I made. Um, oh, I might I might actually make this my favorite is Lenore from Castlevania. Mm -hmm. I spent I spent a while on that one. That was <laughs> I think that's probably what killed our 3D printer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I, I came up with some some neat ideas for her accessories uh, that I really liked. So I think I probably that is my my favorite right now, uh, mm. just for for ones that I actually had to construct myself. Um, I don't really think that I've made anything from fourteen. Besides this, uh, I made a what's it called, like like a a leisurely Gaia. So it wasn't her real costume. It was like her wig, her makeup, and a black gothy looking dress so that I could wander around and be comfortable. But right. um, that's Which character? It. You cut out for a quick second. Gaia. Gaia. Oh, yeah. I was Gaia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did, we had, uh, we had a, a, a group of uh, Gaia, um, Reen, and a Thancred. We wandered mm -hmm. around being, you know, family and stuff together. Aww. It was really smooshy. Cute. Uh, who, the person I think I would like to cosplay most from 14 is probably Alice. Bad. 
you know. That's great. She got spunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's that's us. That's about us. Now I think we'll we'll just talk about cosplay in general. Um, the thing that I would say you generally start with and disagree with me if you think I'm wrong, everybody. Picking your character, like tripping over a character that you truly love and want to make, identify with, uh, sometimes even. No, yeah, 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 no. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. a lot of uh, head nods. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> like, yeah, that goes like my first cosplay that I made was Airs of Scarlet from Fairy Tale, and it was because mm-hmm. I just loved Fairy Tale, and mm-hmm. I just kept looking at Erza like, ooh, there are lots of good costumes here. Yeah, <laughs> and her set. So, yeah, I was, I was, I absolutely loved her character and everything. So yeah, that that. I think that's like the drive behind almost all of the cosplays that I've done are like 95% of them is, you know, I love the character. You fall in love and they're like, all right, I'll figure this out. Yeah, I think that's a good (laughs) point to bring up, uh, though, is even if you look around and you see 5,000 other people have made the costume before, don't let it dissuade you. If you love the character and you want to give it a try, give it a try. Don't be afraid. Just Mm -hmm. your love will shine through. Everyone starts somewhere too. Like yeah. my first yeah. Scarlet cosplay was definitely not good, but did I feel good about it? Because it was the first cosplay that I ever made by myself. I was like, hell yeah, sense of accomplishment. And then mm-hmm. you start there and then you just get better. <laughs> You're right. And like, now that you mentioned this, I actually made a um, characters to cosplay folder because I recognized mm-hmm. when I was a novice, I could never oh. make something this hard, but I knew someday I would be good. And so like, there I just go. kept saying, and like that's how like 2005 I had like a really shitty shitty Tifa cosplay and then it's like 2008 I made Eve from Parasite Eve so I'm like yeah yeah crazy wake time so that's how you do it. Uh, something else I really want to bring up uh, at this point in the game too is if you love a character like ignore things like skin color or height or body mm-hmm. shape. If you mm-hmm. want to cosplay the character, do it. And don't let anybody tell you that you don't look like the character. Because it does not Absolutely. matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I will also add on to that. You don't need to try and make yourself look like the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably don't do that in some cases. Yeah. yeah. When, when I did uh, <laughs> In the Moon and Laha Bray, I was like, yes, they finally gave him a face. Um, in the game, he's very much darker than I am. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to cosplay him. I don't yeah, care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, regarding body issues, I know everybody's like, they can be cruel on the internet, but mm-hmm. like, we're not, we're not like, you know, 2D video game characters. So for me, like, I'm just saying, I was top 20 least, and people were bitching on Twitch, like, she's so chunky. She's chunk least. And I'm like, that's top 20 chunky least to you, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I love that energy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm the one who has like, an award. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. You guys heard my cackle. That's what I sound like when I laugh. Sorry. No, I love it. You're good. good. Earlier on my morning stream, I loudly snort laughed. Like, <laughs> at- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you somehow probably made it look like glamorous and pretty. No, God, no, no, absolutely not. It was not even a little bit. No, I think that, that's a great point, uh, Kappa. Is the the whole like. Yeah. A lot mm-hmm. of what you're going to be cosplaying is a teeny tiny anime girl. You are never going to look like that. That's not mm-hmm. a thing that your body can physically, should physically do. Please don't try and look like that. 
Yeah. I mean, I admire people that work out and put the effort in because, you know, like, mm -hmm. we all want to live a long life and stuff. But, like, I'm going to hit up that Vegas buffet, and I hope y'all come with me because I'm going to eat <laughs> and, like, all the milkshakes. <sighs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the food and there's a There's a lot of pressure, you know, and I think that goes for anything. Like, whether it's like a hyper-masculine build where there's mm -hmm. like ripped muscles for days mm -hmm. or it's like, yeah, a little anime waifu who like is so thin and probably even more so stylistically. Like, yeah. of course there are people out there who like will rock it, who naturally are thin or whatever it is, right? That are working out every single day and have way more... <laughs> more dedication to that life than I do but like the thing is is that I love what you said about just like I was top 20 that's right like mm -hmm. because the thing is is that there's so much about cosplay that is just about your love for it shining through and it's been so exclusionary to cosplayers of color historically it's mm -hmm. been so exclusionary to different weights, to different, whatever it is, right? Like you'll see cosplayers, especially now more than ever, who are creating content professionally, who are getting paid to do that, who are posting it with, you know, professional photo shoots and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. and who have whole makeup teams and have whole like, you know, and the thing is, is that like, none of us gonna look that perfect, especially not at a convention when you're hot and sweaty and it's like, mm -hmm. you've been out there all day. Things are gonna happen. It doesn't matter. Like you're you don't have to be perfect to start like that's a huge thing like you were saying crystal like maybe that first costume now in retrospect you're like oh boy geez mm -hmm. that thing was held oh, yeah. together with by dreams and prayer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and, hot glue. and hot glue yep <laughs> and hot yeah. glue. a lot of hot glue inside and out yeah. yep yeah uh, I... it's about how you feel in it mm -hmm. and like I think if you put something on and you own it and you love that character and you hold on to it, picking that character that you anchor and you love and that like, you know, you feel like grounded in is so important and you can make a simpler costume. You can do something different. Right. But it's it's so important to just pick something you love at first. So I want to I, I want to build on that. Actually, I, I actually have a, a Matt Mercer story um, from the okay. early days. Of oh, yeah. When um, was Lord <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boss Mune. Um, the guy who cut up two baseball helmets, stuck them on his shoulders, and he was the internet Sephiroth back in the mm -hmm. day. Yep. Um, so this was my first time out at AX, and I was like, you know what? I, I love Soul Calibur. I'm going to cosplay Siegfried. So I took this big armor costume out to AX, um, and you know, I was taking pictures with people, and Matt walks up, and he's in his Raphael, and I'm like, oh my god, let me get pictures with you. And I'm like, this is like the best cosplayer in the country. Like, this is, this is fucking Mercer. Like, mm -hmm. this is amazing. And I'm standing next to him, and like, pieces of his armor are falling off. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's just a nerd like me. Like, mm -hmm. he's just figuring it all out as he goes along. This isn't like some professional person who has everything down pat. Like, he's the same as me. He's just really pretty. Um, so <laughs> then, that was like also at the height of his popularity. And he was never like self-important yeah. or horrible. Like, I think that's what was so attractive about him as a oh, person absolutely. and still is attractive mm -hmm. about him. Yeah. He, he's yeah. extremely humble and down to earth, an amazing human being. Um, and I will say if someone else does the same costume as you, who cares? Everyone brings something different to the costume that they Absolutely. make. You can have 15 people wearing the same costume. Each one of them will have something unique and special that they bring to that mm -hmm. costume. Yeah, a lot of times my favorite versions of cosplays that people do are the ones that are different and don't look exactly like the character. Yeah. I like mm -hmm. the stylized. I like when people have that different take, you know. it. I find them so much more endearing than a one-to-one -one look alike. Mm. Mm. 
It adds like an extra flavor of spice into your cosplay. Mm -hmm. yeah, like, <laughs> I like that I mean, spice. You're right, and I think for me, what really was a game changer, like back when like the variants first started coming up, like somebody made like a historically accurate Disney princess artwork, and everybody was about that, and everyone's like, Whoa! like different versions. Now it's like all yeah. the cheerleaders from Game of Thrones now, so it's it's great. <laughs> yeah, that stuff is so great. That's a, I think that that's a good place to go ahead and springboard into constructing costumes. Uh, mm. I, even though it's under constructing costumes, I thought we'd start with buying costumes because you know sometimes it's already made and mm -hmm. it costs it's less, made well yeah it costs less yeah. than the the price of the fabric that you would buy anyway you guys fabric mm -hmm. is expensive uh and mm -hmm. and then you don't have to make it it's also a time management thing sometimes so like if you yeah. look around at all these these cosplayers and their beautiful little creations and you think oh i have to make something to to stand amongst these beauties you don't just just buy it if you want to there's no shame in that there's no shame in it now but it used to be such a stigma yeah mm -hmm. there, there was definitely it, it did used to be yeah I will also say, if you are competing in a craftsmanship contest, yeah. then don't buy a costume. Do not, yeah. no. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you're just buying a costume to wear it and have fun, there is absolutely no shame in that anymore. Like, exactly. there, there used, like Chris, Chris, uh, Kappa said, there used it's to be a stigma around it. Um, <laughs> but also, costumes weren't as well made. Now, if you buy a costume, it's probably going to be better than anything you could make uh, if you're just starting out. Mm -hmm. And the best part is, if you want to learn, after you're done with it, you can take it apart and figure out how the patterns are put together, and you can learn mm -hmm. that. One. So it's mm -hmm. it's yep. a fantastic way to, to get started. It's actually right. another funny point is if you find like a dirt cheap costume uh, that you think looks correct, but like maybe their fabric choice was terrible, you spend ten bucks on a costume and you take it apart, and it's a pattern now. Yep. Mm -hmm. Patterns. you thinking. Yeah, patterns exactly. are sometimes like ten bucks themselves, and that's just yeah. paper. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, also when somebody... something. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go, go, go. Okay, I'll make it quick. Also, when like a new game or something drops, I always check Mick costumes first because like <laughs> my favorite character from the Replicate was Kaine, and they nailed it on that costume. Mm. Like, oh, save oh, me so no. much effort. Okay, you go, you go. <laughs> No, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, no, I mean, I was just going to say, as somebody here who shamelessly buys more than makes, it's one of the things that makes me cosplay, period. You know, because mm -hmm. I don't have the time, I don't oftentimes have the energy, and my resources are usually split for other things. And I'm like, okay, cool, well, I could either make a costume or I could, you know, get my video editor to edit videos for the next two months or whatever it is, right? So a lot of times for me, and I know for many people who maybe the passion is there, or if you're a little neurospicy, like we are mm -hmm. in this household, it's like, I really want to do this. And in a burst, you get like all the fabric and then you can never seem to make it happen. Or like you get really overwhelmed or you just like, sometimes just buying a costume is something that enables you to even do the thing, like to even mm -hmm. get into it, to even, you know, um, pick it out. I mean, the one thing I'll say about buying is especially if you are buying a costume from a store that is not in the US, leave more time than you could ever expect for yep. shipping. Leave months of additional time if you can. Do not order yeah. it like a month before and hope that it will get there because a lot of times, um, especially for, I mean, any like any Chinese companies, things like that, shipping, there can be all kinds of delays, there can be all kinds of stuff. Um, and there are great companies out there, but they can't always, 
customs are a thing and they can't always mm -hmm. you know negate that that wait time um and sometimes if you try to get it rushed it'll cost you as much if not more than the actual mm -hmm. outfit itself so leave plenty of time to get it ordered uh, make sure you have plenty of time to take a look at it double check the fit all that kind of stuff tailoring is a thing so you can always order slightly larger if you're able and then like you know have somebody maybe help tuck it a little bit or things like that too if you're not sure you're like right on a threshold um and i mean yeah like wigs and stuff i you all probably will have better you'll have better thoughts on this than i do but just from you know my own experience um i mean like you can get a lot of those things you can get them from commissioned artists um you can get them really simple and try to do something on your own um but i think like wigs in particular you want to make like order from a place where there's usually good reviews if you get a really terrible one there's still a lot you can do to make it look fine <laughs> but like Wait. Wigs yeah. have gotten much better over time. Mm -hmm. Even you can yes, even sometimes get them off like Amazon, and they're not yeah. terrible. Uh, yeah. I I recently ordered several wigs in the same color off of Amazon uh, to take apart and create a different wig from. And mm -hmm. the wefts, um, the wefts are like the lines of hair in a wig. Um, they were like half as full as anything I might have bought from Arda. So it ended up costing the same to get the mm. same fullness of a wig. So it might look cheaper, but that's because it is cheaper. So yeah. always keep that in mind when you're buying a wig. The the um, fibers in wigs across the board have, have come up a whole lot. So the one off Amazon felt fine, but wasn't as full. Mm-hmm. Which is sometimes okay. If I wasn't trying to, you know, make a monster out of it, I was mm -hmm. making a uh, Biken's wig. So you know, poof from uh, Guilty Gear. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> uh, along with the uh, cheaper wigs, the the cap is usually smaller. So I'm just mm -hmm. gonna like grab really quick a, a canvas wig head, just to show it. I'll be right back. Sure. <laughs> Demonstration. Pink up. Demonstration time. Ooh. Okay, so like super cheapy cheap wigs, they're itty bitty. But what I do is I'll like, this is like my same head size. So I'll stretch it out on here a couple days before the con and then it'll just like stay stretched out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's like pro tip to get a super cheap wig to fit your head if you have like a, a larger head than normal. Right. Smart, smart, <laughs> that's cool. Nice, nice. Uh, sites that you guys use, uh, you mentioned Me Costume, that's on my list. I definitely use that one. They usually have pretty good quality and uh, also pretty fast shipping as far as uh, companies like that go. I've used SkyCause, which is a little bit more obscure, but the costume did show up and it was, it was pretty good quality. So uh, that one's pretty good. And weirdly enough, again, Amazon. Um, that that one's a little bit more of a, a hit or miss because you can have good sellers on Amazon and you can also have bad sellers on Amazon. Yep. So uh, never buy anything without a picture ever. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Easy easy cosplay is very very uh, guilty of not having pictures, and I I just won't. No, thank you. They they are, but they have surprisingly good lace shoes. It's like hang on here. They're actually <laughs> right, right here. <laughs> So, like, I just added on the little 3D printed thing, but, like, they were actually great quality. Yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I've used Doki Doki cosplay in the past. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I... I it's so tough. The costume itself, once it got here, was actually very good quality, because uh, I went for, like, one of their more premium, higher quality picks. This was for Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, but it took 10 billion years to get here. <laughs> 
And um, I also noticed that when I was having trouble with the order, there were issues, they delayed it. I was supposed to be in a batch, then they like canceled that batch and then decided that I was going to be pushed back to a different, like all these different things. Um, they were very unwilling to like, to really accommodate or adjust. Um, and they also delete bad reviews from their website, as oh, I found no. out. Mm. So it's mm. tough because when the costume got there, it actually ended up being very good quality and I enjoyed it. I wore it and I thought it was great. But um, a lot of the stuff with that, like again, uh, really like get a good feel, I think from around the internet, especially if you have very limited funds or like, you know, you're you know really trying to pick something specifically um, or like, I mean, yeah, get a feel from even outside of just the websites themselves, how people speak about it or what kind of companies um, they've worked with and what their experiences have been because yeah, sometimes, I mean, you'll have a company that's still really good, but like there are a lot of hangups with shipping or there are a lot of hangups with whatever specific thing with that company, so. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you mentioned that because, okay, I'm like a level of paranoid that I'll do shit like this and hopefully somebody else will benefit from this knowledge. Like if I suspect that somebody's cosplay images have been stolen and set up to like mm -hmm. some, uh, some BS website, I'll actually like Google reverse image search mm -hmm. like the cosplay images. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And like, I found like mm -hmm. the real seller that way. And I'm like, and then I'll order it from them. So just mm -hmm. saying, that's like a good way to, you know, be paranoid, just say and learn from me. <laughs> And that as is a as, thing that does happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that does. Yeah. As far as like other sites, I have actually only bought from AliExpress and it's the same mm -hmm. as Amazon deal where you gotta really look at the seller that you're buying from there because it can be very hit or miss. But with enough reviews <laughs> and research, you can you can get the you can get the hits. So far I haven't gotten a bad cosplay from AliExpress, but I'm yeah, if I wasn't careful, I'm sure I would get a bad one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say AliExpress. Careful. Yeah. yeah, it's a big one. Also, uh, people do cosplay commissions. Some people make their their life earnings off of making costumes for other people. So check out places like Etsy. Um, if you do commission a costume, though, be so, so nice to that person because you want them to want to make the costume look nice. If they ask for measurements, Get your measurements like really done. Get make sure that they're accurate. I have had so many friends be like, "Oh, I did a commission for so and so, but they didn't send me the right measurements, and then they thought that I should have to resew it for them." And no, <laughs> that's that's not a you thing. Definitely that they give need them to do. credit in every photo. Yes, credit. Yes, mm -hmm. credit for sure. And I mean, don't be afraid to. Um, you know, as well, like really communicate. I think that's a big thing to any kind of commission, mm -hmm. right? Make sure you have a ton of reference images. Any more people like take the actual models from game and even online, you'll be able to find like front, back, side, three quarter. Mm -hmm. um, try to make sure as well that like any of the images that you're putting um, have a good lighting source. So like if you have a picture, but that picture was taken in a cave in the game that has green hue on it. Yeah, like, <laughs> you want to make sure that, like, you're in as neutral lighting as possible and that you confirm with that commissioner ahead of time, like, this is, these are the colors, the, like, this is the palette, yes, here are the one. reference colors. images. Um, and then as well, yes, accurate measurements, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, frequent communication. I think sometimes people can be surprised by how expensive commissioning a quality cosplay is because they're they are super expensive like yep. if you are getting them from somebody who is like a professional costume builder and stuff they're much more expensive than you might think um so it's not unreasonable to you know 
expect, you know, back and forth good communication. It's not unreasonable to expect deadlines to be met, those sorts of things. But just make sure you know what you're getting into with it, that you provide as much as you can, um, you know, your deadlines, your specific dates, your fittings, all that kind of stuff, all of the reference images. Um, and that, you know, as you get through that process, like if something comes up, communicate with them because I mean, sure, there are definitely people who flake for whatever personal reasons and that's a lot of money to lose out on. Um, but also getting hit with refunds out of nowhere for something that was just like maybe a fault on your end is terrible. So like, as always, like communicate as much as you can. Don't be afraid to like ask the commissioners, you know, be very clear about this is my budget. Is that something you can do with your like, okay, if not fine, you know, or ask exactly what the cost will be if there's a payment plan, all that kind of stuff, because, um, it's definitely worth it. I, I'm right now have a commission that's from an amazing uh, cosplay artist that I've been going through this whole process with for the past year. Um, so if you're someone like me who does not do much on your own and can't do the sewing and everything else, um, it's great to support artists who do, but there's a lot to learn about even that process, how you communicate. You can also- oh, yeah. um... oh, I'm sorry. Just no, you're good. final thing about like good yeah. measurements. Like a lot of people don't think about this, but like I learned this in theater school, costuming class. Like whenever you're taking a chest measurement, be sure you breathe into the fullest expanse of your lungs. And like not a lot of people that get a first time commission understand that they're like, oh no, my chest doesn't fit in my costume. You gotta breathe in and tell mm. them that measurement. Mm -hmm. so Pop some seams. <laughs> um, another place a lot of people don't think of, uh, conventions themselves like in the dealer's room you might find stores there but i'm thinking uh, a lot of conventions over the years have started like a uh, like a swap meet and a lot of cosplayers go to the swap meet it's like most conventions start on a friday and they'll have it on maybe like a thursday night or a friday morning so there won't be like the variety of just looking online, but you can find some really quality costumes that cosplayers are just like, I can't wear this anymore, or I don't want to wear this anymore. And I'd just like to offload it for 50 bucks. You want? So you can find some pretty quality costumes for cheap. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know, about that. I didn't know that was a thing. That's, <laughs> That's new to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At both of the cons uh, that I mainly work for, there's there's a swap meet, and uh, the close con to me has, a, in particular, a cosplay swap meet. And I've had oh, some cool. friends who yeah. uh, actually got an artist alley table and just sold their costumes there as well. So that's the thing. How do you find out about the swap meet? Is it just just in the con? Yeah, itinerary? usually you can just look at the the schedule on the website. So it's a thing to keep yeah, an eye I'm out for, but it is it. it is a little bit hidden. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now that we've discussed buying, let's discuss sewing. Yay! Yeah. Don't be afraid to try and sew. You're probably going to mess up. Everybody messes up. Even expert craftsmen still mess up, and that's okay. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's the sewing machine's fault. <laughs> Get the best seam ripper ever. Yes. Ever. Yes. Um, my, my biggest tip when it comes to actually sewing, crafting a costume yourself is give yourself like twice as much time as you think you're going to need. Mm. <laughs> Something just yeah, that's to my a, videos. That's a perfect point. Um, because actually making this vest here, I should have given myself more time because you want to make mock-ups and you want to make a lot of them before the final product. I did not do that with this one and I absolutely should have. <laughs> So you want to give yourself more time to make those mock-ups uh, for your final before making your final product. Absolutely. Depending on the level of detail that you plan on putting into a costume, 
it can take literal months to make it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. give yourself that time or you're going to be sobbing right before the convention you're trying to go to. I cannot oh, yeah. count the amount of times I've just been sobbing before a convention. Like, it's not going to be done. Everybody's good to do. Everybody's going to be it's so crunch. It's real. Yeah. And then you're making the costume in the hotel room the night before. Oh, God. Please, no. Many times. No, many, no. Many, well, many and then times. there's even, like, stuff that you don't anticipate, like a, like a circle skirt. You have to let it, like, kind of drape overnight. And then you hem it. Otherwise, it's going to be, like, a wonky hem. Like, ah, just accounting for stuff like that that needs time yeah so yeah time that's a big one just, just give yourself time um my other big one that i like to tell people is make a list of everything that you need because you're going to forget something you're going to get to a point where you're like and i need a button here that i don't have any of and i have three hours to finish which is the time it takes me to get to the store and get the button and get back. Oh, no. So just make a list of everything you're going to need. Yep. Then you wind up sewing in the hotel room. Yes. I actually save all my hand sewing for the plane. Like, sew every snap on, every hook eye. Like, because, you know, you can take, like, needles on a plane mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. take, like, giant scissors. I'm the same. I do it in the car. Definitely. Wow. Wow. Huh. I will say, um, you know, fabric is expensive, so definitely, definitely make mock-ups. Um, muslin's even expensive now. Just buy mm -hmm. some cheap, cheap fabric um, that, you know, you don't care what happens to it, and you can just make as many mock-ups as you want, modify them, rip them up, and just keep going like that until it fits right. Um, draping is ideal, but not everyone has a dress form that they can use. Um, I do not, so that's kind of how I do it. Um, and I will say, if you're making your own costume, you're going to be aware of every single weak point in that costume, and you're probably going to be a lot more careful in it in, versus a costume that you buy, which just kind of feels like clothes that you buy. Um, so keep that in mind uh, when you are wearing a costume uh, that you buy, that it might have weak points that you're not aware of. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw us back to thrift stores really quick. Uh, thrift stores are a great place to get muslin fabric. Go and buy a two dollar sheet. That is way, oh. way cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I like, never yeah. thought of that. We're going to Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Goodwill trip everybody. What the heck? And you never know what you might find that's yeah. like, you know, I could just adjust this and it's kinda close enough. I've had or... friends actually go and and find like old Pokemon sheets and be like, I could make a dress out of this. Because it's <laughs> yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, They're... you can find fabric for use in pattern and muslin making like anywhere for real cheap just think of just think of stuff just think of old sheets maybe you even still have old sheets you're like i'm never gonna i don't want to throw these away but i'm never gonna use them well they're useful now mm -hmm. uh, which does take us into patterns think? go ahead oh i'm sorry i missed what you said oh i was just saying i like the way you think oh okay sorry. <laughs> uh so yeah um Patterns, Ugh. a lot of times, and even even more recently, um, especially with uh, people like Yaya Han uh, in McCall's mm -hmm. now, you can you can find mm -hmm. pre-made patterns for patterns. very popular uh, like costumes. Um, what are they? School uniforms have, are, mm -hmm. uh, have become a thing now, where it's very easy to find that pattern, or like uh, body suits for Evangelion or whatever. It's, it's easy to find those patterns now because uh, people people have. Oh, there you go. There it is. There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so back in the day, back in the day, 
You did. I, I know about you guys, but I did a lot of just like flipping through and being like, this kind of looks right. This has the right collar. And you end up just buying something because it has a collar you don't think you could maybe figure out yourself. There's a lot of like piecemealing patterns together for these costumes, but you can also make your own. And just so kind of. I love what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And like, I just got to say, this book is the best ever if you want to like get into hardcore pattern making. Because what you're saying is like piecemealing some patterns together. Like, like I'm just going to flip through as, you know, somebody else speaks. But like, this was like 40 bucks on Amazon, but it's like thousands of patterns how to do all kinds of like weird crazy shapes like like bell sleeves and like crazy skirts like crazy like civil war men's uniforms so anyway somebody else go can you say the title of the book out loud oh, or yeah. anybody who eventually listens just an audio format <laughs> okay so this is uh pattern making for fashion design by helen joseph armstrong excellent yes. we're not sponsored but you know hey this is a good tool <laughs> We want you to have the resources that we have. Yes, yes. I will also say, if you are drafting your own pattern, go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get a huge roll of contractor paper. It's like 10 bucks for like, I don't know, 500 yards. And that will last you years. Mm. You know what I do? Um, every time I buy something and they like shove the paper in the box or they have like tissue paper that they shove in the box i save that i flatten it up i fold it up and i stick it in the corner and i use that for I my like pattern that. making <laughs> i'm like kind of jelly because i took the very hard route with uh cosplay i guess like super super trial by fire like i didn't it, patterns very much intimidated me whenever i started so i was like it's gonna make my own which is way harder <laughs> it is way harder i don't know why i thought that was gonna be better but like i just took my so like what i would do if i wanted to make a costume i would look at my own wardrobe and find the shape that i want that was similar so that i would take that and make my own like pattern out of my own clothing in my closet um and then i just did that for a long time i didn't start using patterns for like six years don't be me patterns are you gotta start somewhere like <laughs> They are good to use, but yeah, construction paper like that uh, at Lowe's is such a good idea. I didn't start doing that until like six years after too, because I just I just use all the scrap paper that I save up over the years, mm -hmm. and I just like tape a bunch of eight by five, eight and a half by eleven pieces of paper, and I oh, make no. a big scrap. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love yeah, that. Using all this scrap paper. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah, but save the environment. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like this real quick is like how to adjust a regular shirt pattern to have like a bunch of crazy seams in the shoulder so i'm just gonna like oh. show how like real quick and in, in pictures how they adjust it this is a regular shirt pattern yeah. those beautiful darts oh my gosh and for anybody who like me initially when you started thinking about even the prospect of sewing and you were like i don't even understand how patterns exist are they like arcane runes and how does this all oh, most likely use them to summon the to summon they, the they are yeah. The idea uh -huh. is that you, this is going to sound so basic, but some of you might be like me and you might need this information. <laughs> Patterns. The clothes that you wear on your body are made of shapes. Those shapes <laughs> encompass your body's natural form. What? So if you take a shirt like Crystal did, looking at shirts from your own wardrobe, and you look at seams, you need to think about you wrapping paper, like, literally like wrapping paper, like a gift. Your body is a gift and it is put in the fabric shapes that somebody put together. 
so that it would hold your body in it. And so you get the seams and stuff. That's where they've joined those shapes together so that you don't just have fabric on the front, but no fabric on the back. And if you look at your arm and the different shapes that happen there, if you've got a puff sleeve, like we have Kappa talking about, that's because they did some funky stuff with how they put the shape together. This is so funny. So, this is so like a description. I love it. Yep. Like, some funky stuff. I love hearing stuff. I love hearing your description because it's like that's like the best description of like what a pattern is. Better mm -hmm. than any theater professor I've had. Like the best. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank it's a shape. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. to get weird shape you do funky stuff. And so that's what patterns are. The patterns mm -hmm. in the paper and all these things that all these wonderful skilled folks are talking about are literally the shapes that you stitch together using sewing that then makes the wrapping paper for your body. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. like, and all so, these squares make a circle, yep. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. So like that's what it is. And when you're breaking down garments, when you're looking at things like that, what you're doing is basically deconstructing it to the building block shapes. You're deconstructing mm -hmm. it down to those basic shapes. So for anybody else who doesn't always know things good, that's the summary. <laughs> I will say that when you are making a pattern or when you're trying to modify a pattern, um, not actually most of the people who do character design are not fashion designers oh and gosh. don't necessarily know how those shapes can actually practically go together. Yeah. Um, so there might be seams on those designs or lack of seams that uh, don't really work in real life. And so just take that into account. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a pattern is not going to teach you how to make part of your cape float, which is not going to do it. It's not going to work. Uh, no. And then you have to come up, make it up, make this wire. Wire works. Just like throw it, do whatever, do whatever works. You know, we're, we're giving this like this technical advice, but sometimes technical just does not cut it. Sometimes you got to make something up. Every cosplayer is also MacGyver. That's and true. it's, it's yeah. true. You just whatever you have at hand, whatever you can find that will make that shape you use. And sometimes you find something out and you're like, this is amazing. And you go and you look and that's how people did it anyway. Right. And you're like, oh, oh, well, yeah. I guess I was on to something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's go to fabric. The the uh, the main body of a costume theoretically there are obviously other Correct. things you can make it out of like foam but we'll talk about that later. Um, when when I at least go and 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 I've picked a character and I'm like all right well obviously that's a pink probably I think how do I need this fabric to hang on my body to to look correct so there's there's different thicknesses and textures and just the way it hangs of, of fabric. So keep that in mind too. You can't just go in, grab any pink fabric and be like, yep, this will work. Cause sometimes it won't. And then dyeing it the right color too, right? Like we, we have a throwaway giant um, Goodwill Thanksgiving turkey fryer pot that we like throw on the stove top. It's like our throwaway pot. And that's what we <laughs> use to like boil dye anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but please don't walk into like a Joann's and just go to the broadcloth section. They might have the color you need, but broadcloth shouldn't be used for anything. <laughs> Being elitist. Set mock-ups. I'm going to just you watch. I'm going can... to make broadcloth good again. I, I have a friend who made a big, fluffy peasant dress from broadcloth. And in that particular 
case it was also it was lined it wasn't just broadcloth in that particular oh case because um of what the dress was and the texture of the fabric and you know the nice bright color that you can get in broadcloth it does work so i would yeah, completely rule broadcloth out but it's thin it's cotton it it has few purposes <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> Um, oh, something else I want to talk about is how annoying some fabric is to sew. Uh, things, <laughs> things like um, chiffon. Yes, chiffon. <laughs> Any anything that's sheer or uh, stretchy is gonna fight you. <laughs> the entire least cosplay in the background. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible, but it flows so pretty. Yes. You might want to uh, get really familiar with how to adjust your sewing machine because, like, like I mentioned earlier, your sewing machine is going to fight you. Uh, you'll probably get just like terrible snags of of uh, thread on one side or the other when you're going through if you haven't uh, fixed your your my gosh brain tightness the tightness of the yeah. thing. What's that called? Tension. 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 I'm like, you're it's a right, T word and, and I can't remember what it is. You're right. And another thing people don't think about is like your needle sizes. Like mm -hmm. this one, I had to use a 7010, which is like a super delicate needle. And you have to make sure it's super sharp. So if it like hits even a single pin, throw it away. Just if, if it's like if you're sewing chiffon because it's going to snag and like pull it and like, you know, it'll like pull the, the, the thread and ruin the pattern. And sometimes you'll have to use uh, different stitch types for different kinds of fabric. So, yeah, you have to use a zigzag stitch on uh, um, on stretchy fabrics, for example. Or, or it won't stretch anymore. <laughs> yeah, or it won't stretch anymore. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And there's a million resources for that online. There are so many people out there who are willing to to let you know how how not to mess up yeah. your fabric. There really are. Google uh, everything. Yeah. Yes. Google <laughs> tutorials. I mean, it's great too because. I think as cosplay has kind of become more and more popular, um, and I mean, we're not even through the whole sewing section, but as it just comes to mind and in the conversation, like, there are so many resources. Literally, like, you don't even have to just be interested in cosplay. Of course, you know, Joann's, I think, even just has sewing classes that they run all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, like, cosplay-specific ones, whether they're special talks or workshops or things that are offered at conventions, whether, you know, you have uh, perhaps a Japanese culture center or, um, you know, something like that. Like, here in Chicago, we have a ton of different groups. We've got the uh, Japanese Fine Arts Foundation. We have the Japanese Culture Center. We have, like, a ton of stuff where they periodically even offer sewing workshops, cosplay workshops. Um, there are a ton of websites where you can even now, like, you know, just go and get a ton of tutorials, um, libraries, libraries have all kinds of free shops. The library. A lot of the cons library. actually, uh, have cosplay guests. So you're going to find some sort of, uh, tutorial, uh, panel that they'll probably do. And it might be like beading for beginners or something. Or it might be, this is how you sew stretchy fabric. So just keep an eye out for that if you're interested in any of those. Yeah. And I mean, you know, just pro tip from, from a nerdy extrovert, because we do exist. Like, just walk right up to somebody and talk like, oh, my God, that's so cool. How'd you do that? Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel like people are so shy. Like, you need to still like, talk to people because that's how you make friends. But once you, once you get that question out there, people want to talk about their costume if they're oh, proud yeah. of it. They're like, here, let me show you my seams. I'm not flashing mm -hmm. you, I promise. Uh, such a that's such a, a mood for me. It's like, wow, what did you use for that? Let me show you my seams. It's like, are you oh, okay? <laughs> it's a thing. It really is. Uh, 
uh, <laughs> random tip that I put on here because I know that all cosplayers are going to feel this. Uh, don't fucking use my fabric scissors on paper. Oh. <laughs> you dare. Oh, when when oh you God. when you are cutting fabric. Oh my god, I killed her. Oh no. <laughs> Kappa's gone. Kappa's left. <laughs> when you are cutting fabric, you will have one or two or seven pairs of scissors that are just, just for fabric. Do not use them on anything else. Fabric only. Fabric yeah, only. Fabric only. <laughs> Do not use them. Yeah. My my husband now, um, anytime he picks up any pair of scissors in the house that he is not familiar with, he will ask me, can I use these? Yes, you may use these. Trained him well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but sometimes you can train the husband too well, and he's totally caught me using some of them on paper and just bitch at me. <laughs> it's so ruined. It backfired on what me. Have you done? Oh my! I mean, there there are scissor sharpeners, but just don't do it. Just don't do that to yourself. They work temporarily. Yeah. 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 There it is. <laughs> There's the scissor sharpener. Uh, I love this. You just have all the props ready for us. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do something with all this energy. Um, another thing that uh, if you're, we were talking about um, how fabric is expensive. If you're trying to save some money and you maybe don't need too much fabric, most places that sell cloth have like a remnant section where you can go and it's like the last yard and a half of fabric on a bolt and they don't want to leave it on the shelf so they wrap it up and a nice little 50% off roll of fabric and throw it in a bin and you dig through the bin and you're like I needed this red chiffon uh here we go oh, are yep, we being yep, shown yep yep showing going it on a trip I was gonna say I know Cobb literally while reading the outline sent pictures like here's our remnant section there it is yes. beautiful for our audio listeners, it is a an entire shelf cram packed from top to bottom, like as tall as the entire torso of Kappa, who's like sitting next to it, just full of scraps of fabric. And sometimes you can get fabric that is like I don't know, thirty dollars a yard in that section for such a discount, and it's worth it to just grab it, even if you don't know what you're going to use it for. Yep. I recently yeah. bought, uh, I think it was three yards of purple stretchy um pleather like uh yeah just stretch fabric right i i have no idea what i'm going to use that for but that stuff is usually very expensive so it's oh, yeah, mine now job. and uh if i need it or my friend needs it we have it and we don't have to spend a million dollars on it i like this i tend to always grab all the duck cloth because that's what i use for my corset bases so mm -hmm. cheap so, like just grab it you're always going to need it um, let's see, let's see. I did, I have a note here about lining. Um, so you know when you have a nice jacket and the outside is one fabric and the inside is a different fabric, it's generally like a thin, uh, very glossy, satiny looking type fabric, that's lining. And you don't have to line your costume, but if you do, the structure of it is going to be more sound. You could, depending on the fabric and, and how it's sewn together, you could probably throw it in the washing machine. It, it just tends to make it a more full, uh, a fully constructed object that, that can be thrown about in such a way that uh, won't fall apart. Yeah, plus, it's cleaner. Uh, yeah. You don't have to worry about people seeing the inside seams. They're like, look, it's lined. Um, of course, the downside to lining is that if you live in a very hot place yep. like Florida, um, <laughs> it can work against you because you can melt through your costume, which yeah. I've, I've done on several occasions. It yeah. does. Um... For everything else, there's a serger. Yeah. Yep, surging. Yeah. 
It just depends on how how clean you want your costume to look, like you're saying. And it's don't feel like you need to do it. It's not a thing that you have to do, especially if you don't have the time or the energy. But it, it is going to impress a person when you're like, check it out, it's lined. <laughs> See, for me, like, I always cut corners whenever I can with cosplays, but it depends. <laughs> like... If I want to wear it like this, for example, I lined it because I want to wear it long term. I want it to last. But if I know I'm only wearing a costume for like maybe three conventions, I'm not using it much. Yeah, that lining is going away. I'm, <laughs> if you, I'm not competing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, one skit. Different. That, yeah, exactly. One skit that you're like, yeah, we're not going to be craftsmanship judge. Just uh, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Just, just screw the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Something to note too for anybody who wears like any form of like supportive undergarments. Like sometimes if you have a fabric that you got that you spent a lot of money on, that's really beautiful. I've seen this with a lot of my friends' costumes or even with, you know, stuff as I have made fumbles with costumes in my limited experience. If you like make something and it's unlined and then you put that over and like, for example, your bra just straight up shows through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah put a lining in there like, and that helps a lot too with like just even the way that that yeah. fabric density especially or white look is. fabric mm -hmm. oh that's yeah. actually that's actually something really good to bring up uh in that same uh sort of category is if you haven't lined it and it is maybe 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 even if it is lined especially in the case of white fabric coordinate your undergarments mm -hmm. do yeah. not do not wear a black bra under a white shirt Maybe wear like a pink one or a nude one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're wearing a bodysuit, guys, there's a thing called a dancer's belt. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Hide your junk. Makes yeah. everything go where it should go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not into other people's eyes, directly into their eyeballs. A lot, of, a lot of conventions are family conventions, and they're going to yeah. be like three-year-olds there. <laughs> Keep them yeah. in mind. Uh -huh. And bind. Ugh. Uh, anything else on the topic of fabric in particular? There's so much here to say, and I feel like we just went yeah. shoop through it, but. It's important, but I mean, it, it really depends on the costume that you're doing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, shoes. shoes are important to talk about. I don't know. If they are. It's, it's after the next thing, I promise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All I was going to say is that as somebody who has commissioned stuff, because we already talked about commissioning, but oftentimes like a commissioner will offer you choices of fabrics, um, like, and they might send a couple swatches to you. Um, with that, I found recently that things that helped me make some of those choices were to even think about how I envision the character. So like, um, I don't know, in the case of Vinat, right? I was like, how do I personally picture her? I've got the pictures from the game, but like, as it is, it's like, here's a white robe. So in my head, I was like, what things to me evoke Vinat? Like, I imagined it. Like, like a silkier texture, light, the way that light kind of like, you know, plays off of obviously all the stuff that's tied in, no spoilers, but you know, like, and I was like, <laughs> that feels like, um, you know, not not like cheap, cheaply made, like something that has. And so as I started to kind of put those things together, when I was looking at the swatches that were sent to me, I was like, okay, well, I don't want these ones that don't have shine to them because I want there to be a little bit of shine. And, and I mean, like, that's your interpretation. Sometimes an outfit will be very clear about it, but like in this case, I've seen people do all kinds of different textures on the robes and all kinds of different things. And so as I was looking at those swatches, I looked for the ones that had some of that more kind of like satin-esque kind of look to them or things like that. 
Um, and, you know, color, like the exact tone. Like, do you want it bright white or do you want it off white a little bit or things like that? Like, even not having much knowledge, you can still make good choices on things like fabric just by knowing in your mind, like, how you envision that character because that will oftentimes i think make a lot of decisions even if you don't have the technical knowledge um and you know if you find like a chiffon you fall in love with then you're gonna have to learn a lot of stuff really fast but like <laughs> if in your mind you're imagining you know i don't know the dancer garment that you made right like uh crystal movement and the dance videos that you did with that where you're going how can i showcase that like that's something that's in your mind or the lease outfit where you're going like oh i want to get some amazing pictures where i see the wind blowing and the outfit is going and like those are things that can help make those choices for you with maybe without you even real uh, realizing in the moment one last thing i want to add here is it also really depends what the costume is for so if you're doing like a a meetup or a skit or something and it's specifically for that um that's fine but keep in mind that not all fabrics are going to photograph the color that they are so you need to keep in mind how does something look so what can be helpful is when you're shopping for fabric take a picture of it on your phone um see if it actually photographs the same color because a lot of times you'll find that it it won't and just be careful of that i actually thought of one other thing um there's a website and i'm sure there are other websites uh, that are, do this do a similar thing but there's a website called spoon flower where oh, yeah. Yeah. you can send in a graphic that you've made and they will print that on fabric many different kinds of fabric for you and send it back to you so if you're trying to make uh, a character that has like a very particular pattern on their shirt or whatever and you're like i'm never gonna find this in a store you can mm -hmm. have it made again it's a little bit more expensive because there you go because oh, 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 they're printing it out for you up. on fabric but if you like are really into the details and you really want it to look like it does you can do that with sites like spoonflower yeah and including dyeing your own leather like for lease like this is real leather and like we bought the leather dye from tandy Tandy. and like you can yeah, you can use the tools so that it doesn't look like cheap. So you can have like really nice, bright red lease leather, like real leather. That's a that's another one uh, you can do at the thrift store. Go to the thrift store, find a leather jacket. Leather jacket's a pretty good amount of leather for like bracers. Yeah. 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 Okay, notions. This encompasses all the little bits and bobs that go on your costume. So like buttons and zippers and all that, all the little fascinating things that you might need. Um, Joann's, it has so many, there's so many things at Joann's. Uh, Joann's, I will say, uh, not maybe not through any fault of their own, Joann's can be on the more expensive side, um, but it's because they're a specialty store and these aren't things that everybody wants all the time. Um, check out Etsy. I've actually found a lot of people making things like buckles on Etsy and they're pretty cheap. Oh, cool. uh, I recently helped my husband make uh, Chip Zanaf from Guilty Gear. Mm -hmm. There are, I think, like 20 buckles on his latest <laughs> costume of different sizes and uh, prong numbers. So we needed a yeah. lot of them. Uh, and thinking of unusual things like like fishing wire is a notion too, right? So that you know, if you're doing say, for example, Orianger, yeah. it doesn't just pop all your beads off. Mm -hmm. Fishing wire can yeah. handle that stress. Cobe, mm -hmm. is everything We've happened to your camera? Camera, are you here still? <laughs> oh, no, I'll go look for signs of life. I'll be back. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've I've actually found a lot of stuff on Etsy. 
like buttons and things. Again, yeah. I don't sew a, like a ton of stuff, but like I've been amazed at how many, I mean, just various little details you can find there um, or even just pieces of things. Like you need a belt, but it needs to look old. Like mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. make one, but like there are oftentimes a lot of shops as well. Oh, you're back. Welcome back, Cop. <laughs> um, you can also like, go to Etsy and there might even just be a seller that has like a vintage belt or, you know, various pieces of stuff that um, maybe if you've exhausted the other resources around you, they have. And it's great. It's great. Yeah. Recently again, I had to shop on Etsy for vintage yeah. stuff, especially I feel like they have a really good vintage section in general for like notions. I what I'm getting more into fashion and like making clothing. And so I was like, oh, I really want like a really thick buckle like I'm looking like more than two inches buckle but like vintage style and they have it and it's so hard to find that like anywhere else so they mm -hmm. really do have like unique finds so don't roll out Etsy for like anything it's a really good place for those like really unique things that you might not get in a regular store before we had a, a laser cutter we got all of our well, I got all my Astinian scales for my undersuit off of Etsy and it was amazing I got them in like a day it was great wow nice. Hey. And of course, the uh, the one we brought up a couple times, Amazon. Um, something I actually kind of like to do when I find something that is workable on Amazon, check out the seller, because half the time they also have an Etsy, and then you can look through all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. That's just a little. Uh, as Crystal mentioned earlier, um, AliExpress is great for notions too, mm. and like mm. rhinestones. You're gonna. Chances are you're gonna need a lot of a thing. <laughs> and so the yeah. cheaper you can find them, the better it's going to be for your poor wallet. For sure. uh, and then we get into like 3D printing. If you have the dough, Amazon, if you have Amazon. the dough to, to uh, invest in a 3D printer, you can then either find, weirdly enough on Etsy, people will just model things and just mm -hmm. sell the 3D model. Or you can model yourself um, just actual pieces I've seen actually a lot of the uh, the the ancient masks. Mm -hmm. You just print it out. Just print one out in your home. Sand it up a little bit. Paint that guy. Yeah. And most libraries have access to three D printers too. You just you don't have to like pay for access, but mm. you probably have to pay for material. Yeah. 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 That's such a good point. That I, I mean, didn't know. Libraries have expanded so much. I used to work cool. in libraries, so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but they've expanded. So so much mm -hmm. many libraries even if the one near you doesn't have it if you look at like the town over that may, might have a bigger like a bigger city or urban population or whatever it is right because i know some people live very remote if you can make a trip a lot of times they will still even allow you access to things like their tech centers or you know stuff like the 3d printers and things right you can get a guest pass at the library um, and again, if you can't like front the cost, although 3D printers are becoming like more affordable mm -hmm. relatively, yeah. um, but if you can't front the cost for whatever reason, you can like just make a day and go and like set aside whatever money you just need for the materials and mm -hmm. you can do that and make and print it, which is great. And a lot of times they even have um, classes about 3D printing or they'll have classes about using the stuff that they have that's totally free. So it's definitely worth looking at because, um, or even just like writing them an email and saying, hey, I know you have a 3D printer. Are you thinking about doing any classes for it soon? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times they'll schedule even based on interest and things. Yeah, to the library. Makerspaces. Makerspaces, if you're in a yeah. big city, my goodness, there's always classes, there's always seminars. People love to teach. 
So if you're lucky enough to live in a metropolitan area that has a makerspace, definitely go just check it out. Or go to any university. Mm -hmm. Like um, we found out, okay, so we're in Orlando, which has like a big engineering school. And mm -hmm. like they actually have public access where you just like walk in and, you know, like you sign up for a time and the students that run the center will help you out with like laser cutting or whatever. So, you know, there's something like that with a local university. There just might be. Um, and then also you can just sculpt it yourself. They, jo Joanne's again, uh, has uh, Sculpey or Fimo. You basically sort of rub it in your hands, get it warm and you put it in the shape you want it to be and then you bake it. And there's even, um, I forget what it's oh, called, yeah. model, model Magic, I think. You can yeah. sculpt mm -hmm. it and it'll just air dry. Uh, yeah. So yeah. if you don't have access to any of that and maybe you just like sculpting, uh, you could do that as well. My uh, my tip there is remember that you need to attach it to something. So <laughs> make sure yeah, you have some that. kind of like hook yeah. or like loop on it so you can sew it or glue it or whatever down. Um, shoes. I promised you shoes. We're at shoes now. <laughs> Take it away. Oh my God, shoes. All right. So my, my <laughs> big note here is don't forget comfort. And then my like sub note to that is <laughs> JK, that's not going to happen. Uh-huh. So do, if you can, have comfortable shoes. Just try a little, try a little. Um, <laughs> this is this is the thing that make has in my life made me in in all shoes make sure that I walk around it in them for fifteen minutes before I buy them <laughs> to make sure that they're comfortable. Uh, you can find the most perfect pair of cosplay shoes. Beautiful, they fit on your feet. They may not you know fit your feet. And you're going to be miserable. You want to be as comfortable as possible in your costume. So try to get comfortable shoes if you can. Um, an easy way is to, uh, if you have a pair of shoes that you already know are comfortable and they kind of fit the profile of the shoe you're looking for, you can make a boot cover. Or just a, a shoe cover, like a little spat type thing. Mm -hmm. So it'll be your normal shoe that's already comfortable on your foot. And you just cover it up with how the shoe's supposed to look. That's true. You can save money too by uh, instead of throwing away like a good old reliable pair of shoes, just like make them your cosplay shoes and hot glue straight onto mm -hmm. that shoe. Yeah. Yep. yep. I know uh, I go to the thrift store once a month here. I go to like a string of thrift stores because I make cosplays primarily for my dancing videos. So I have to think about movement all the time. And I love just going there and I'll just like try on some shoes. I'm like, oh, I could dance in those. And sometimes if I can't dance in them, but I like how they look, I will just modify the inside a lot if I can. Hmm. Or I'll buy a shoe like uh, sometimes I'll buy a, a, like a size 10 shoe. It's I'm, I wear a size eight. and I'm just going to fill the inside with a bunch of soles mm -hmm. and okay. a bunch of like filling. But I want my look. So you can also adjust it. You can't get something smaller than your foot, obviously, but if it's bigger, like thrifting shoes, I do on a monthly basis and I am so used to modifying them. Whether you're buying heels, you can get like inserts on the on the heel part to make it non-slip. You can buy soles for the bottom of your shoes. Like there's so many things that you can do to modify even just thrift store shoes. My friend found the perfect pair of thrift store shoes for one of her costumes one time. And then she broke her toe and they wouldn't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. Broke her toe. Oh, oh my God. It wasn't during the practice, but it was right before the skip practice, if I remember oh. correctly, right? Yeah. 
So she was so happy. Wow. She's like, oh, I just found them and they're so perfect. And then they, she couldn't wear them to the con. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, regarding, yeah. Uh, regarding comfort for shoes, um, pro tip, like I know that everybody like tends to buy inserts, but a lot of them are foam. But if you can try to get like silicone or jelly inserts, no. because those are so good for shock absorption, especially if you're wearing heels. Like for me, I'll just like, cut it so it's only at the front so it takes most of the impact and i can wear my heels for so much longer so you know just yeah. silicone yes and think it, yeah. in, it's perfect for the environment you're probably going to be in which is like a big convention center where the floor is basically a carpet that's been walked over five thousand billion times so it's almost not there so you're basically yeah, walking on the, the flat concrete, concrete. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, one of my or favorite little... conventions is just concrete yeah. yep it's yep, just concrete <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite ways to make a boot cover is with pantyhose. You just pull the pantyhose oh. over oh, yeah. the boot, cut out the back where the uh, the heel is, and you pull it over the heel, and then you just tuck it in the top. Hmm. Sort of a little cheatery way that we did a whole bunch of, uh, like, the Sailor Scout boots when we were little. <laughs> uh, if you do do that, though, make sure that you do, like... Uh, a pattern, a texture of some kind of like hot glue or something on the bottom because you've effectively taken away the grip on the bottom of half of your shoe and you don't want to slide around. But that's a it's a cheap way to uh, change the color of a boot. There you go. Um, let's see. You can buy shoes. You could definitely go on places like Me Costume and just buy the shoes if you don't want to make them. Uh, I'm always scared of buying shoes off of the internet because if they show up and they don't fit or they're not comfortable, it's not so yeah. good. You can um, usually return them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like shoes in particular are the ones that like more often than not, if I order them, especially from Amazon, they might look great visually and then I get them and they're super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah. I mean, either you, I mean, everybody's talking about like modifying the shoes and everything too. Like if you find a pair of shoes, you're just like, these are so perfect, but I know they're going to kill my feet within 30 minutes of wearing them. Do everything you can to proactively do that. But you can also like keep near you a pair of flip flops or something. Yes. And then when it gets to the point where you're in agony, you can just take those off rather than having to walk all the way back to your hotel room or something and like put on the flip flops, make your friend or somebody else carry them for you, have mm -hmm. them. Or if like you have an alternative shoe that doesn't look horrible with the outfit, but is very comfortable, then just keep that on backup so you have it or whatever, you know, because I think that can so, help too. To, to build off of that, depending on what you're wearing, like if you were wearing a big giant ball gown, you could just wear your tennis shoes until somebody asks for a picture and your feet are <laughs> out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to see your feet for most of the day. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention here is uh, you can use shoes to adjust your height. So even though earlier we told you, like, don't worry about height or anything like that. You don't have to worry about that. If you... Height is one of the ones where it's like, you know, if you wanted to be a little bit taller, you could just make sure you get a platform shoe. That's fine. That in mind, be aware of how clumsy you may or may not be. You don't want you don't want to fall over in your cosplay, especially if it has like little, uh, you know, breakable bits on it or something. Something uh, along those lines that that I like to do, um, especially when I'm wearing flats, is you can have risers in your mm. in your shoes. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like wearing heels, but it's secret heels, um, heels where, you know, you can still be in pain, but it looks like you're comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, anything else on shoes? All right. I think that means no. I want to talk briefly about armor. 
I don't know about you guys. I'm Briefly. not. Yeah, I'm not super. I mean, if you guys have stuff to say, that's well, fine. Cobb, I'm sure, could literally do an entire. Yeah, that's true. Just yeah. <laughs> I think the only time I've ever I made fierce deity link many many years ago out of big sheets of foamy and it looked all right, <laughs> but that was my only foray into yeah. armor. We did do Eva foam for the for the femshap build. And that mm. was really interesting and absolutely wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, we also did some casting for that one um, for prosthetic pieces where mm -hmm. we did resin casting and other stuff, um, which do we have a separate thing talking about that here? Mm -mm. No. Okay. So a note on that for anybody. Um, if you are looking to make your own prosthetics. So mm -hmm. in this particular case, this was for an Asari headpiece. Um, and funnily enough, I thought this was so funny, Kappa, that you mentioned, because I also have a history in theater. So while I haven't done a bunch of cosplay, I've done a lot of, like, makeup and stuff for theater, so... And I know, I know Crystal also, history and dance. Yeah, yeah, I've theater. done a lot yeah, of yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So, like, in, in those regards, I was like, yeah, like, we can make prosthetics, we can do stuff like this, and I can do the special effects makeup for it, because I knew a lot about, about that aspect, but I didn't know about making these molds. And like, first and foremost, ventilation, 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 yes. friends. Like you need to be mm -hmm. in a place where you are not going to get high off of the cement fumes that you didn't realize you could get high off of and that could hurt your health. You yeah. need to be, I'm speaking from experience here. You need to be in like an open space on a good day with like, it's if it's in a garage or wherever it is, make sure you have fans, make sure you have ventilation, wear face masks, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then as well, like, you know, we hand sculpted the Asari headpieces for those, but then had to do all the casting process. Just really thoroughly research. Research the materials you're using. Research the tips that people have for them. And especially if it's and your first so time. There's so many, too. There's so people many. People love talking about armor. Yeah, like, yeah. just make sure you research a lot of it. Because um, I think particularly these kinds of builds, be it armor or be it um, stuff like prosthetic work, right? Uh, they just take way more time than you can imagine. Sometimes you have to leave things to sit to dry for ages. Um, sometimes as well, at least with the Eva foam, and I'm, I know Cobb's going to talk more about a lot of this in a second, but like um, to get a lot of the shapes and things that we wanted, it took so much trial and error. It took so much like putting it in and out of the hot stuff, like, you know, put it in the oven, take it out of the oven. Nope, that didn't work. What do we have that makes a good chest shape? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, what do we have that like... So um, a lot of it just requires, I think, especially with armor, although it depends on what kind of build, armor or prosthetics, you might be working with materials that um, just require a little bit more knowledge for safety, for, you know, like even cutting the Eva foam and stuff can be kind of hard at times. So like you just keep an eye on those safety tips because um, we had a blast learning how to do it when we were doing it, but it took like three months for prosthetics. And with that, we were working with a lot of materials that like, really took a lot like a lot to like figure out and handle responsibly so um it's great to do but yeah just my tip on that mm -hmm. i think we're so gonna turn the uh, go ahead. oh i'm sorry go ahead. no no go no. okay i was gonna say regarding armor fitting um something i like to do is i i rigged an old xbox 360 connect to be a body scanner so for whenever i'm like 3d printing stuff for mm -hmm. myself to make sure it fits like 20 bucks GameStop old crappy Xbox Connect scanner. I body scan myself and like it's something that I sometimes do for my online shop for customers like whenever I sell like a 3D model 
they'll like you know if they're local i'll scan them and then i'll just like adjust the armor that i make over their body and then like that's a thing you can do and it's so cheap like xbox 360 old connect <laughs> do it, do it. Mm-hmm. that's cool mm-hmm. it works surprisingly well like really well yeah it's really easy photogrammetry that you see done in film and video game don't ask me why and um that's my job literally but yeah it's it's that is a great tip because you can do this for little portions of your body too like you you could do it for an arm you could do it for half this you could do it for leg um i haven't seen a lot of people do it but yeah you're right it's very easy to do yeah and it doesn't have to be super detailed it's just like i need yeah. my little general body blob so i know it'll fit exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's so many there's so many materials you can build armor out of. Uh, I have foam and warbla. Warbla is like a plastic you heat up and sort of shape. Mm-hmm. Kind of works the same way you do with foam. Um, spandex is is one that I like to use sometimes. Uh, you can get um, either just like pillow foam or you can use the the stiffer like foamy foam and you can sew it inside the spandex so that it actually holds that shape of the foam and that's sort of a almost like a bodysuit type way to to get that armor looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, vinyl is another thing people mm. like to use um, to cover foam pieces, which works really well. I know um, Kappa, she's worked more with foam armor than I have um, for your Zelda cosplay. I mean, it's more than I've done. I, I just throw it on the CNC, and uh, I, I did it for my Asian costume, but that's the only time I've ever really used foam. Um, I like dove into the crazy deep end, uh, when I started doing armor stuff and I went straight fiber, straight to fiberglass, mm. um, which was a huge mistake. Um, <clears throat> so when Rook says ventilation, and safety, yeah, oh when Rook says ventilation and safety, that's not a joke. Like I cannot be around fiberglass fumes anymore without breaking out into hives. Um, no. so Jeez. I cannot use fiberglass, which, wow. which really sucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, then I moved into to, into plastics like styrene and, and vacuum forming. I built a vacuum former um, to to make things for you know our costumes and stuff. And then we got into 3D printing, which has been great. I'm gonna grab my helmet real quick to show you. Yes. Right. So while yes. he's grabbing that, like I'm professionally trained in architecture and 3D modeling. So a lot of the time mm. when he can't figure out a piece of uh, a model himself, he'll get like my input on it. So we actually built the um, Elpis mask together. He did the base. I did all of the fancy filigree because that's what I'm trained in. So yep. pretty. You did such an amazing job. Uh, yes, you did an incredible job. And this was before Endwalker came out. So I was like, hey, you know what? Could you could you help me out with this? Because I need help. Um, she's way better at 3D modeling than I. Gotcha, babe. So, <laughs> but um, this is this is my my dragoon helmet that I'm oh, for, for Stinian. Oh, so and like it's it's got a little bit of damage, but um, oh, it's, it's a little more realistic. Oh yeah, it adds to it. It's travel friendly. But the the point is, you know, it's it's something you can do now. The 3D printers are big enough that you can actually print out a whole suit of armor on your printer. And it's it's mm-hmm. amazing what you can do with these things now. Um, one thing I do want to say that is kind of awesome is when I was wearing this at FanFest in 2018, someone came up to me and they were like, oh, my God, is is that foam? And I was like, no, it's it's hard plastic. 
And they're like, can I touch it? And they were like actually tapping on it. And they were like, oh my God, it's amazing. And it just, it, it's it's kind of awesome just to do something off the beaten path like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That surprises people. And that's really what I get out of this is when someone sees you and they go, wow, that is awesome. That's the gratification I get from cosplay. Not mm-hmm. anything else. Just mm-hmm. people enjoying yeah. my work. <laughs> well, like with um, 3D printing, there's only so much you can fit on your printer bed. So stuff I yeah. would recommend to be used as like filler is actually figurine putty. So you like put your pieces together on the back. I'll just take a scrap of like whatever, like a, you know, scrap warbler, just like make a little strip on the back just to keep it from like moving and shifting and cracking. And then on the top side, the cosmetic side, you'll use some of that figure filler. So um, Tamiya putty is really good for whoever's interested in something like that. You can use like a little silicone brush and then just like very lightly sand away the excess and you'll have a perfect seam. Mm-hmm. I can also talk about like other thermoplastics as well. I've been doing it for a long time and worked with a lot of materials. Um, so like my first armor I ever made was out of styrene, which you mentioned before. I was surprised to hear that because no, nobody ever talks about it anymore. Um, it's like ancient because nobody ever, uh, it, well, it was before Warbler was a thing. So people <laughs> used styrene to make armored costumes back then. So you have styrene, which is still viable today. It's a pretty, ch- I think it's still ch- a cheaper plastic, but doesn't have as much flexibility as Warbler is going to have, but is a lot more sturdy. And also, in my opinion, paints better because Warbler, you have to really make it, you have to you have to do a lot of layering and sanding to make it paint good with Warbler. There's a little, little mm-hmm. bit more work, but you get more flexibility out of it. So that's styrene. And then you got Warbler. You got lots of different kinds of Warbler. Last I checked, there was three main kinds. You got the regular kind, you got the black Warbler, and then you got transparent Warbler. Boom, transparent warbler, great for lighting. If you want to put lighting into your costume, mm. you could slap that on, gives a really good lighting effect. Anything transparent. Um, it's, it, you, you kind of have to have to sample because like working with them is all different. Black warbler, um, obviously because it's black, it, it's a lot harder. Uh, hotter, hotter, that's the word, not harder, hotter. <laughs> so like my hands on fire when you work with them, gotta be careful. <laughs> Regular Warbla is still hot, but not as hot as Black Warbla. Um, but they they are still very good materials, but they are very expensive. So usually where I turn people to is your EVA foam. Now, if you live in the States, the best place that I have found to buy foam is TNT Cosplay Supply. I really like their store. Uh, they have a lot of like different types of foam too. So you can just buy scales, foam scales off of them. Now you can buy, I really like, they have like half pipes. You can buy cylinder pipes that are good for like ridges on shoulder plates or whatever. If you just want, they, they also have like triangle shapes that come in just a long stick. Those are really nice. So they have a lot of like unique uh, foam shapes and they started selling foam clay. So now you have the air dry foam clay that they have, which actually is pretty good uh Ooh. 1010 would recommend i used to use model magic to sculpt my things and the, until i found that they had foam clay and i was like oh well this is a lot better a little bit more expensive than model magic but i find it the better product to work with um what else oh there's like old school pepakura used to be a thing i think it is still a thing a lot of people make their halo suits and armor out of pepakura still which is like paper you just uh, print out paper. It's basically origami and you're cutting, uh, gluing, and then you layer it and layer it with a lot of, I think, resin, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. A lot yep. of resin layering. Uh, the Pepakura is an option. 
for like really tough armored pieces. People love doing that. Um, in whenever I was in theater, uh, we worked with a material called Foss Shape, which is probably yes. my new favorite thing. Um, so it's the same functionality as like Warble, but it's a fabric. It's literally a thermoplastic fabric. So you're going to have, you can, you heat it the same way you mold it the same way, but Foss shape is really great to have like a, it's, it's a fabric finish, uh, very unique plastic. Is it, I think it's still considered a plastic there. Just weird with the fabric touch. Um, but yeah, there are so many things and the, in foam itself, there's a lot of different nuances too, like EVA different than. I don't even know other styles of foam. There's there's a lot of different kinds. <laughs> it's hard to go through them all. But just know that your options are not limited when it comes to armor. That's like crash course on a lot of different things that are out there as far as like materials. Sure. One, one thing I do want to caution uh, people about with thermoplastics and uh, foams, anything you have to heat to shape, don't leave it in your car. Um. <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god! I've done that before. <laughs> Mistakes were made. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah. I... and like general safety too, because like I've only ever had a second degree burn once in my life, and it was from like using a heat gun. Hmm. I set it down, and then like my calf was like, "Huh, something hurts," and like I had like accidentally moved my leg over. Just be very careful. Be safe. Like. Yes. I was going to say the um, the only experience I have with like heating up those things is with a heat gun. Are there other methods or are we all just talking heat gun? Heat gun. Heat gun. Okay. Heat gun. 200%. That's the thing. You could buy at Lowe's for not that expensive. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like what? 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. And if, if you really get into this. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> if you get really into the armor making, you're going to use the hell out of it. It'll be worth it. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, the, the other last thing I wanted to, to mention was seal your paint. When you paint something, yes. make sure you uh, use a clear oh. coat or get a sort that it has a sealant in and of itself. Uh, if you don't, you're going to chip or it's just going to straight rub off if you run into a wall or a person or anything. Make sure that you uh, put that little extra clear coat on so that the paint stays put where you want it. True. That applies to shoes, too. I first discovered yeah. that from Shoes. Mm. <laughs> uh, all right. Next part is wigs. We touched on this a little bit, so we'll just like scoot through slightly. Stores that I like to buy my wigs from, Arda, like we mentioned earlier, they have some really nice quality wigs. And um, they have two different main kinds, I think. One that's just very soft. One I think they call classic, which is better for like heat styling, I believe. And then the other one I really like is Epic Cosplay. They're both around the same price point, um, and wigs are honestly cheaper than they've ever been. Um, they sometimes will have pre-styled wigs for uh, characters that have become very popular to cosplay. Uh, one thing I really like about both of them are they have a lot of the um, wig ponytail wigs, where uh, it's just like a claw clip that they've put inside a ponytail wig, and you can just add a little um a, a what's it a pigtail or a ponytail to the back of wig because if you've ever tried to style a wig into a ponytail it's, it's a little bit of a, a little struggle sometimes wefts go yeah. down it's not like your your real hair it's gonna be a pain in the butt to get it to flip up they also just have wigs that are already styled in ponytails so if you're afraid of styling wigs which even to this day still i am um you may want to buy a wig as close to the style as you could possibly get <laughs> 
-hmm. styling a my lace ponytail wig it looks straight up ratty underneath but then you have like the pretty layer of the hair that you mm -hmm. just cover it on top so it's like you get that fun. nice like oh yeah you can't you can't you get the nice like fat like lace ponytail mm -hmm. it's like oh how pretty and, and like they try to get too close I'm like <laughs> <laughs> don't touch it don't touch it anybody else have any favorite um online sites for wigs yeah i mean those are those are my two primary go-tos yeah. are done epic but um mm -hmm. i would say shane okay sheen oh um, yeah i found some good stuff on there um as okay. well as aliexpress all right mm -hmm. aliexpress is decent um my favorite one actually is wig is fashion it's just wig is fashion.com uh so that's my favorite place to buy i don't know why uh it was like three years ago bought a wig over there and bought the same wig on arda to like kind of compare and i was like oh i think i prefer the wig is fashion weft okay. style but um yeah Ladies fashion, throw that in the ringer. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. Uh, and then again, we mentioned this earlier, but uh, when you pay less, you're probably not getting something quite as nice. And you can look for those things on like Amazon or Wish even. Uh, yeah. Wish is That's cheap. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Wish is <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of Etsy wig shops now too, mm. but you have to be careful because uh -huh. sometimes they are literally just Amazon wigs, but they have put them, mm. and this goes for every product ever. Sometimes they're literally just from Amazon, but then they like repackage them to look fancy in an Etsy boutique, and they just like have the exact same pictures, but like you're literally just getting the thing from Amazon. And sometimes they charge you more on Etsy, sometimes they charge you less, or like you were saying earlier, uh, I think Zen, like sometimes you can find like a full catalog of a seller if they do legitimately sell on both. So like, just kind of keep an eye out on either side because sometimes you might be buying something that looks like it's being packaged from an Etsy shop, but like, or is a custom made wig or whatever, but then you realize it's like literally just using the same pictures as an mm -hmm. Amazon one. <laughs> uh, and you can actually, Especially if you're wearing a style or a color that's a natural hair, you can just go to a local beauty shop. The yep. people, the people there are going to be knowledgeable. They can help you out, uh, and you know, shopping locally is good. So, yeah. supporting those is is good. And I'll, actually, um, one of my local shops has started just carrying crazy cosplay colors too, because they they know who their clientele is. They know that there are cosplayers mm -hmm. showing up in there, and they want to sell you things. Go figure. Um, Always remember wig cap too. Yes. Cap. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's my very last note. Do not ever forget a wig cap. Have extras just in case, because sometimes you just leave the wig cap. I don't know if you guys do this. I'll leave the wig cap in with the wig, and then when I go to like look for it, I can't see it. It's buried in there, and I'm just like, where'd it go? Oh no! So I have like 17 extra wig caps just so that I grab one. On wig caps, and we lose them all the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What are you guys' favorite? Because I always gravitate towards like the fishnet ones with like the little cut open yes. loop. Like I love those. Yeah, fishnet. I actually, yeah. when I when I went to put this one on, on earlier, I thought it didn't have the cut in the top as I started to open it up, and I made this face. I'm like standing in front of a mirror. I see this face <laughs> that I make, and I'm just like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis averted. Yes. Yeah. I, I yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of the ones you pull the whole way down and then you pull it the whole way up. And it just gets everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is something too with wigs, like the so like wig cap foundational stuff, right? Um, like these are things that you don't even think about. Like you might just think I need to put a wig on, but like there are two major things underneath your wig. One, how you have pinned your hair 
so that it is as flat as possible. And like, mm -hmm. if you're gonna be wearing a wig a bunch and stuff, like don't be afraid to even like hairspray the hell out of your hair. Don't be afraid to like, I mean, I've even used in the past um, like hair gel and stuff because you wanna try and get as flat of a base as you can. Unless of course you're like trying to do something with your wig where there maybe is like a point where you need more volume or whatever. Like sometimes you can do that where like, oh, okay, well then I'll just bundle up my hair here and kind of pin it down if you have longer hair. And that actually will help a bit with this, but for the most part, you want a flat base and then you're going to put a wig cap over it and you want to anchor that down because that's going to become what the wig actually like grips onto. Because once you put that wig on, you'll pin it into that so that it's not just dragging directly on your hair. <laughs> and like play around with that because nothing is more uncomfortable than like having gotten the like your your hair situated in such a way underneath and with the wig cap in a way that just straight up hurts your head. <laughs> and then you put a wig on over the top of it. Um, it, it is misery. It's going to hurt your head a bunch and it's going to be terrible. So, um, from many, many, many opera wig fittings in university, <laughs> mm -hmm. figure out how works best for you underneath the wig cap, get that foundation just right. And then like practice putting the wig on over it because, um, a lot of times people will even just like take a ponytail, put all their hair up and then put the wig on and you see this huge bump. Mm -hmm. Um, again, divvy it up into little portions, make it as flat as possible, um, because that helps you have a really nice base for your wig. Um, most of the cosplay wigs that I have, I think probably all of them, have like a little line of ribbon along the back underside of the, at the nape of your neck. And then they have two little elastic bands that come down with hooks on them and you can adjust the tightness of the wig. And you mm -hmm. want the wig tight because you want it to stay on your head. But like Rook said, practice putting it on figure out where the comfortable tightness is because if you are in your costume for several hours you don't want something squeezing the top of your head for several hours it will give and, you a headache real fast. yes mm -hmm. and yeah. and if you do take ibuprofen with you yep. <laughs> yeah um one last thing when you're styling a wig um remember that it's not like like it can be a human hair wig but it's not mm -hmm. like human hair in that you're gonna wash it out here you want it to stay in the way you style it so you can use hairspray and hair products on it but also consider things like glue mm -hmm. um, to make sure that it stays put um it can look really good i've seen people do some amazing stuff with it especially the the tacky glue that comes in the brown bottle mm -hmm. um that stuff works amazing with wigs I yeah, guess, and uh, uh... also remembering that because it's not real hair, you can like, like whenever I cosplay Cali Knight, which is like a huge beehive wig from Sailor Moon, like I cut off all the wefts in the back. I sewed this giant pillow on it uh, in the same color of the wig. And then I just like straight up covered it with mm -hmm. like just wig hair. You mm -hmm. can just do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of my uh, like mind blowing pieces of advice that I don't know why I never thought of, but I just heard in the past month is that when you're styling wigs, think of your wig like it is plastic, not like it is human hair. Mm -hmm. So you want to style it like it is plastic, as in heat yep. is going to be your friend. Mm -hmm. That's how it forms and sticks. And I, I don't know why, like, I'm so used to like thermoplastics and armor, but I never applied that same principle to wigs, but you do, you can treat it the same way and you mm -hmm. should treat it the same way. I'm like thinking more hair lines. I'm like, oh, gel, but honestly, like, your thermoplastic techniques are the best use of for plastic wigs because they are plastic fibers. Absolutely. But you do have to be careful not to like melt a chunk off. Yes. Your wig. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say no, no usually a steamer yeah. is a, like one of the yeah. best things that you can use. Steam, hot water, yeah, yeah, those sorts of things. 
And the sites we mentioned, Art on Epic, usually their wigs have like a little tag that tells you what temperature you can use with actual like hair heat tools to not melt the crap out of it. That's nice. I tend to use got to be glued hairspray when I style a wig, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. might as well be glue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. That's a that's one of my faves. It's in comes in a, a big yellow canister, very hard to miss and works very well. Uh, the last thing I wanted to add to this, um, as far as like when I was talking about buying locally, do not go to Spencer's. Please do not. <laughs> Please do not go to Party City. Sure. Don't, don't buy Party Wig. Just don't. I mean, they probably have their place depending on on the, the character and the costume and whatnot. But you're not going to be happy with what you get for 10 bucks at the Halloween store. You're not. Mm-hmm. So just pay pay the extra 20 bucks and get something pretty that you're gonna like and it's gonna just like add to your enjoyment of wearing the costume yeah and uh, regarding wigs being so price prohibitive there's a website called anime character database and it also has like like video game characters in there too but if you're like oh like I can't, i'm never gonna wear this like wig again you can just type in pink haired characters and it'll just give you just like a list of all these characters mm. you could probably reuse that wig for that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> college then. Whoa. Oh yeah, check it out. All right. You guys want to talk about transporting costumes? No. Oh, oh, yeah, no. no. This is the worst thing. It is. <laughs> Not at all. Just get your Estinian horror story out of the way so that we can uh, move okay. on with it. So I get do it have brief. a Estinian getting at the fan fest was an absolute oh, I can't imagine. Um, because I was transporting it in, I had a pelican case, I had um, a sealed tote, and then a not so well sealed tote. Um, so <laughs> the uh, the pelican case and the sealed tote made it just fine. Um, the other one got lost; it never left the airport. So half, like a third of my costume is back in Florida. We're in Vegas. I'm freaking out on top oh. of a mountain on a on a trail in the middle of Red Rock Canyon. That's the Mm-hmm. And it, it's just seal it up properly when when you take something. Make sure you're you're putting things in something that is designed to transport things in, um, because I I've made that mistake several times and that was just the worst case of it. Um, but yeah, otherwise and pieces break. Pieces are gonna break when you transport them. Um, be always ready for have, that. Yeah, yeah. always yeah. have on site yeah. repair stuff. Always. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, I I like to make a list again a list apparently I'm a list person I always make a list of all of the pieces in every costume and I check it 87 times as I'm packing to make sure everything's in there because there's nothing nothing worse than leaving your home being several several hours or plane rides away from your house and going I forgot my wig it is because you've spent so much time and so much money, honestly, on this costume. And then you don't want to wear it because you don't have all the pieces. And it's just so disappointing. So make a list. Have all your stuff. Ugh. Make sure you pack delicate things with care. If you need to, like, make an extra tiny box to put in your suitcase mm-hmm. for your, your weird little hangy dangly prop or whatever, just do it. Just do it. I recently yeah, bought... Um, your carry-on. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yes. true. I, I did actually yep. um, once bring a wig just on an airplane, and that was weird. But, you know, that wig was fine. I see people do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they'll just wear it. 
Yeah. That's fair. I never actually thought to do that. But I fall, <laughs> I fall asleep on planes, so I'd probably ruin a wig if it was, like, styled, you know? Uh, I'll usually but... wear my, my biggest uh, pair of shoes onto the plane just to make room for other things. Mm -hmm. That makes yeah. sense. That's all the other thing. Smart to look at how drag queens do it. Like they know, they know their stuff. Like let's yeah. learn from them. Yeah. Share the knowledge. Oh. Yeah, seriously. The shoes are the worst, though. Like trying to transport a pair of shoes, especially if you're doing like multiple costumes and they all have different shoes, and you're just like, "There's no space in here for you. Why are you doing this to me?" You're right, and the weight too. You're mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to pack like really delicate armor pieces in my carry-on, but like I'll also use the fabric that I have like of all my clothing, like all my socks to just kind of like fill stuff to make yep. sure crack. So that's like a yeah. something you I've can definitely do. hidden small things just like inside shoes before because I'm like, you're not getting crushed. This will be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the problem is when you forget. So oh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've forgotten. Oh no. Oh, for TSA, definitely put like a, a photo reference of your costume. I, I like every time like we travel out of oh. Orlando, like they always like rip open our bag and like, oh, God, just just put like your costume reference photo. Yes. They'll get that's actually I've never thought to do that, but that's really, really clever. That is so smart. Yeah. I think, too, with weapons and things. I mean, this is just a, a totally different. I mean, but but adjacent. I mean, of course, if you have weapons that are gonna like trigger security or something, like yep. make sure you know if you have a really expensive weapon that you've either made or commissioned, like make sure that you have a game plan for getting it through security or mm -hmm. shipping it ahead of time, which I know was mentioned here, yeah. and that you also have checked actual con guidelines. Yes, because mm -hmm. like many conventions you know it used to be back in the day that like you could have swords but only if they were sheathed you could have guns but only if they had orange caps on the ends you could have like it depends on so many different things um mm -hmm. and like i mean current climate and everything else too if you're in the u.s or elsewhere right so just uh, make sure that you've double triple checked that and that like you have it stored in such a way that it will, yeah, like cause as little of a problem as possible mm -hmm. or that, I mean, I think that's so brilliant, the idea of putting like a reference image or something or just being like, this is a prop. It is a prop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's another thing. Okay, so sometimes I would wonder like, did TSA check my shit? Cause sometimes I would have things go missing. I'm just mm -hmm. like, motherfucker, like, like things have gotten missing. And like, I'm just so paranoid, right? Like we've established <laughs> that. So things I do, things Christine does like, Okay, you may not like want to lock up your bag, but you can zip tie it, and like it's easy to just like snip a zip tie with scissors, and like that's how I know now every time if like somebody has like cracked open my bag at TSA. Otherwise, they're like, "Oh, there's a zip tie. Oh, this like there's too much trouble." Like, never underestimate the laziness of humans. They will leave your shit alone if there's a zip tie on it. If, if they have to take oh, an man. extra step, forget it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just be careful, I guess, with transporting. Yeah. There's so many layers to like, if you're going on a plane, there are security people who are crazy. Uh, if, if it's spiky, you might ruin the clothes or whatever that it's packed with. Just so many things. Be careful when you when you pack it up. Uh, make sure you have all your stuff. Um, this this I probably shouldn't read this, but this title for this one is Putting These Motherfuckers On. So just like creating a, a costume, <laughs> yes, just like creating a costume, give yourself time. I always kind of try and estimate how long I think a costume is going to take to put on, and then I add an hour to it. And that ends up being how much time I need, uh, especially with elaborate costumes. Like sometimes it's like shirt, pants, shoes, done, yes. 
But <laughs> especially if you're going to like a, a photo shoot and you want to like do up your face real nice with some makeup, that's probably just going to take an hour by itself. Mm. So give yourself time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. go ahead. Oh no, I was I was yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean yeah. yes, it's true, and I mean test runs are great. Test runs yes. are great. Yes. Give yourself yes. your dress rehearsal, right? And this goes for literally oh. everything. <laughs> Put all your clothes on your body. Figure mm -hmm. out what you're going to do makeup-wise, if you're going to do anything makeup-wise, um, and practice it. Get it all. Especially earlier, we were talking about heels and stuff, right? Or platforms. Mm -hmm. Practice. Practice walking in them. If you have an outfit where you know you're going to be up or down or wearing it in whatever context, practice the things that you're going to do with that, even if that's sitting, standing, mm -hmm. you know, um, to make sure that you can navigate it in a way that's comfortable to you and that, like, works so that, like, you don't have pieces of it falling off or getting knocked off of something or you're in something like um like a kimono right and you sit down and you don't realize that like oh immediately it gaps open and i need to like figure out how people navigate wearing this and like right so like whatever it is um in any costume like make sure that like you practice a little bit you have your dress rehearsal because that also gives you an idea of how long it genuinely takes um, especially if you're in a hotel room with like three yeah. other people and yeah, everybody's they're gonna garbage time is everywhere. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only so many mirrors in a hotel room. Mm -hmm. You got three people trying to put makeup on, you go fight. To bounce <laughs> off of that, um, like as I meant, as I mentioned before, like I cosplay and I dance and I move heavily in the costumes that I wear. So dress rehearsals are so freaking important. So what I have come to do over the years is like actually do a break test where I will jump around and move until something breaks. Hmm. Like I literally, I purposefully try to break my costume, um, <laughs> which sounds really weird, yeah. but sometimes <laughs> I will do this like a month before I plan on filming a video or going to a convention so that I have time to either remake something and make something stronger um, or, um, it, it could be a variety of things, but having t having the time to remake is a big one. Um, but yeah, generally, like I, I, you don't need to do it as extreme as a break test, but do like a full range of movement. And also uh, a little bit of a side thing that you can do whenever you're doing a dress rehearsal, like practice some poses, like see what yeah. you're going to, you know, because people are going to take your picture at a con, practice some poses before you go. And then you can see if your costume functions the way you want it to. You can just do something as simple as that. Get some poses ready. Putting yeah. Um, yeah. a costume on, I feel is really important um, to make sure all the pieces fit together too. Um, for example, visual example, if I make this hat and I make it to fit my head, it is not going to fit when I put my wig on. <laughs> So if I forget this while I'm making it, and I put the wig on and I put the hat on, it doesn't fit. And I do this all ahead of time. I'm like, oh no, but I still have a week. I can fix the hat. So yes, put everything on. Make sure it all fits together. Yeah, and even like order of operations of like the order of how yes. you put stuff on. Mm -hmm. But like coming from a state where it's so hot all the time, <laughs> so like armor corsets before I wear anything heavy I always like put baby powder all over my body because mm -hmm. you know I, I want to be in this costume all day and I want to look good and I don't want to be like nasty when people like want to hug me and get pictures so baby powder mm -hmm. will do so much to cut down like sweat on like corsets and like before Kevin puts a city on I'm like it's baby powder time just, just <laughs> get it all over him like more starch works too just saying mm -hmm. no absolutely that's that's um a big one uh for Lenore uh the, I made the one where she's got like the mesh top and I can't move my shoulders above like here. 
So I had to put my wig on first and then the dress came on. So order of operations is actually really important. Sometimes you have to put your shoes on before you put your pants on and it's weird, mm -hmm. but sometimes you do. <laughs> yep. I see Psy Guy in chat also suggesting if you're wearing like a bodysuit or if you're whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Anything in which you're concerned at all about coverage or visibility, wearing a bikini, like whatever it is, test some pictures ahead of time. Like do that full range of movement, have somebody take some pictures of you, make sure, yes, that it's not see-through, make sure that mm -hmm. everything is sitting where it needs to sit, keep an eye out for like gapping oh. stuff. I mean, you were talking mm -hmm. uh, about how difficult the dancer cosplay is, right? Like I can only imagine, uh, Crystal, that like, getting something like that even as simple right as like oh yeah it's just like two major pieces mm -hmm. right but then you're going how does all the jewelry lay how does all of this stay in place like how heavy is cosplays. it is it going to pull down on anything yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. In, in whatever way make sure that like things look good feel good and that yeah there's like nothing that you know if, if a bunch of pictures get put up after the convention and you're looking at it and you're like mm. i did not wear a dancer underpants <laughs> 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 So I many Pepsi men. Oh so many Pepsi men. Oh my god. Oh. Uh, or Spider Man. Spider Man's yes. another one. Wear a dancer's belt. Please. Yes. Yes. I love this last thing here. Um, plan slash test how easy it is to pee in the costume. Also, that, yeah. You will need to, to be able to pee at some point, probably. And you're going to have to probably do it by yourself unless you got some real good friends. Um, and yeah, along those lines. Funny, like, no snaps in the crotch. Everyone after that, though, snaps in the mm -hmm. crotch. Yep. <laughs> Along those lines, plan breaks. Even if you did find comfortable shoes, your feet are probably still going to hurt. Just I'm really it. bad about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wearing all this extra stuff is is going to it's gonna wear you out. Make sure that you don't pass out. Yeah. Stay Bring hydrated. Water. Have healthy snacks. Yes. You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Yeah, in, in Vegas, I came really close to getting dehydrated in Estinian. So drink water, take breaks. Gonna do it this year. Promise. Good, good, <laughs> good, good. good. Uh, the yeah, I'm next sure one... it's going to be average 109, so oh. Fahrenheit. So be careful. Oh. All right, this next one um, is key. We always say this consent is key. So just because you put on a pretty costume, uh, does not mean that you have given automatic consent, consent for people to take pictures of you or touch you. you. You're not an object suddenly, even though you are trying to embody an anime character. If you are not comfortable with a rando coming up to you and taking a picture, inform them. Don't be afraid to tell them this. And if you don't want them to touch you, same deal. They don't have a right to your costume, your body, a hug or anything. I don't know if anyone remembers glomping. Yeah. Um, oh, plague. yeah. Plague of cosplay. Mm -hmm. Or the <laughs> the Yaoi paddles that were then yeah. subsequently uh, in years completely uh, banned. Yeah. I, um, oh I got glomped once in a costume and I was holding a drink in my hand oh. and it spilled all down the front of my costume and mm -hmm. it was ruined uh, after that. And I was like, well, I don't know what you wanted, but you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's oh, my so gosh. terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and like this is a problem with with um, smaller people in general or shorter women. But I'm like a very tall woman, five eight, and like there was one guy that asked me for a photo one time, and I was in Sailor Mars, normal pose, like his arm around me. Right as the photo was about to snap, he picked me up and like 
intentionally aimed my like oh. crotch at the oh kid. my yeah. god yeah right 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 so like again this has never really happened to me before because i'm such a tall woman so of course like you know i i like yelled at him whatever like made sure but like if you're Delete a tiny that late, careful yeah yeah and some people yeah. um, the darker side of cons some people get creepy they see their favorite character and they follow you around and they want to hang out with you and they want you to act like the character. And yeah, there's security at cons for a reason. And honestly, probably never hang out by yourself. Yeah, always have a buddy. Yeah. Have a buddy. That's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, even at FanFest, right? Like, because a lot of us, obviously, we're talking about FanFest. There's going to be cosplay there. And like, with us being Final Fantasy XIV podcast, although many of us share interests in other communities, you know? Like, even there, I think, like, the 14 community is wonderful, but like, don't ever be afraid to communicate your boundaries to people. You know, <laughs> don't be afraid to say it. If you have people with you again, they can help reinforce those as well, or just keep an eye out. If somebody comes running up, you know, from behind, they can say like, whoa, hey, there's someone coming behind you or something. And I think we all, even as attendees, have to remember that like, there's so much time and energy and craft that goes into these costumes. Even if you just hugged someone and you caused that accidental spill, even if you just got excited and you hugged somebody and you broke off a piece of that armor, like nobody ever wants to be in that situation. So we have to all keep this in mind and consent and these ideas. Like even if there's a character that you love, even if you've written a hundred fan fictions about them, that <laughs> cosplayer might not want to hear about the, that. No. They might not want to hear about the erotic, <laughs> the erotic no. fan yeah. fiction you wrote. And it's beautiful. And some of us, like myself, may read it for you on the internet. But like. Don't, you know, just like boundaries in the actual in-person events. Be kind to people and like, you know, realize that like you should always ask no matter what ahead of time. Like, hey, is it cool if I hug you? Can I put my arm around you for this picture? Is it okay if I, and as cosplayers, you can also say like, hey, sure. Yeah, we'll pose. I appreciate like if you keep a little distance or whatever it is, right? Like, yep. And, yeah, and whenever, I know like I've gotten it so many times where like I've been eating and people ask to take a picture and I'm like, don't be afraid to set those boundaries. Be like, no, I want to finish my food. <laughs> like that happens so much. But yeah, just don't be afraid. Just if you're eating, you're eating. If you're sitting and relaxing, you're sitting and relaxing. Don't feel like you have to get up and take a picture and like have break to take a picture while you're take relaxing. It's yes. always when you're eating. Yeah. It's because you're, it's cause you're still. It's because you're still. Mm -hmm. they find you can, yeah. you can be caught at that point, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's talk, let's talk about creating cosplay content. I hear that some of you guys here do that. Would you like to speak to us about it? <laughs> Oof. So okay. what, what kinds of cosplay uh, content do you make and what platforms uh, work best to share that on? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's biased for me to say Instagram, Twitter. That's fine. <laughs> no. But I do feel like it is the uh, Instagram is probably better. It's usually better for art in general, but Twitter is going to be better for like the actual gaming anime side of it. Um, but it's weird. There's like a weird limbo, but I'd say like make sure you're posting. Uh, and if you want to create content, the focus is very much on reels and shorts. So you want to focus on the vertical form content. You want to focus on that for Instagram. Uh, Twitter doesn't matter, but for Instagram uh, and YouTube shorts as well. Definitely recommend the focusing on the videos. People love seeing that. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically where I find the most success personally. So for me, um, I primarily post on Twitter. 
Uh, I have an Instagram. I don't use it very often, um, mostly because I, I don't do shorts. Um, I prefer more static images as opposed to anything moving. I like trying to create that perfect interpretation or recreation of, of what my vision is. And I'll usually post them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I wanted to ask you, Crystal, what gave you the idea to start? I mean, you're, I think I know, but let me just ask for anybody who doesn't <laughs> know. What gave you the idea to not just do cosplay content, but to also give it this unique twist where for anybody who isn't aware, Crystal does these incredible videos recreating dances in various costumes, dresses, various characters. Um, you probably have seen a lot of the ones from Persona. You've probably mm -hmm. seen, even if you don't realize it around the internet, but what made you kind of take that next leap and decide to not just do cosplay content, but to give it this like additional artistic twist? Uh, this is advice that I can give like on a broader scale because uh, when you want to make content, you want to find the thing that makes you unique and what makes you stand out. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? It can be something as simple as like, I'm a really good people person. I'm a really good like talker and you can use that to your advantage. For me, that was dance because I've been dancing since I was three years old. So um, I've been doing it for such a long time and uh, I had like I went to university for dance and theater and it's like after I graduated, I didn't do anything with it. I just went right into like streaming and making content. Uh, but I felt bad because I lost it after a while. Uh, and I wanted to find a way to bring dance back into my life. So I tried to find a combo. I'm like, but what if I danced in my costumes and went that direction? So that's exactly what I did. I you know, found that thing that I really do love, but haven't done in a while. And I wanted to like rework it back into my life. And that works well in content as well. So finding that thing that makes you unique, that, that helps you make you stand out and then somehow incorporate that thing into cosplay. And there's a lot of ways of doing that, man. Masquerades are amazing for those ideas as well. Getting inspiration. I love watching masquerades and seeing like the crazy things that people do and the skits that people come up with. Like you can always tell, um, I know that you uh, you had talked about earlier about like your masquerades and your skits that you did before and how you you weren't very prevalent with like the making of the costumes, but you were mm. the strong part, like your strong suit was the, the skits part mm. and coming up with choreography. And I'm like, yes, because <laughs> you want to find like you can't be good at everything. You ha you have your strength and you make that your content. You make that your thing or you're part of a group. Uh, so yeah, know your strengths and weaknesses. It's a really valuable thing for content in general. That's such a good point too, because this isn't like costumery we're talking about. This is cosplay. So like mm -hmm. making skits is just as important. Like being able to to you know do all these things, like taking the pictures, right? I feel like that's such a, a big part of cosplay. Oh, right. Not yeah. just cosplayers; it's photographers too. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I, another thing I would. Uh, remember is like I feel like a, sometimes I see a lot of people get lost in content creation there they get demoralized when something doesn't get a lot of likes and you put a lot of work into something but never forget like why you do it uh, along the way like you do it for you you do it for you know going to a convention and hanging out with your friends and feeling good getting that like serotonin boost but mm -hmm. social media does not run your life and I remind even my friends that here and there like it does not run your life it doesn't dictate your value in any sort of way. So, you know, if you work really hard on a costume and it gets no attention, don't let that demoralize you from making your next amazing costume because maybe that one will pop off. But like, yeah, never, never get too into being uh, like totally immersed in social media. 
like you always want to remember like i love costume and i love making costumes because i love doing it you know you touched yeah. on this a little bit before and it kind of flows right into it honestly do you have tips for making or promoting cosplay content Ooh. for anybody for anybody anybody Anybody. <laughs> I mean, the video format was a big one, I think, even just off the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've seen that push. But, I mean, Kyle, yeah, I'm yeah. interested, too, because, um, you know, obviously you do a lot from the, God, not just technical build scale of the things that you do, but you've expanded to even, like, having the things like Etsy shop, uh, like, you know, kind of expansion, the 3D print files, all these different things, um, as well as then managing things like photographic shoots and stuff. Like... Do you think uh, there's something with you, even in how you've navigated the content creation space that has worked for you even outside of stuff like video format, shorts, all that kind of thing? So um, I would say find what your passion is. Um, people kind of tend to gravitate towards passion. If you're really passionate about something, um, then it's kind of magnetic. Um, one example was when I made the Aetherite earrings. I was like, hey, this is a cool little thing. Um, and it <laughs> absolutely exploded. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, that was me. No, before, uh, but, before I even knew who you were, I had bought your Aetherite earrings. I, I wanted to buy them. them. I remember. Yeah, I know. And one of my mm -hmm. friends was like, oh, you have those earrings? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I'm friends with him in real life. This is Frosty, you know, like. <laughs> and, and I was like, what? And then I went to a convention and I was talking to the community team. And, you know, they were like, oh, we love those earrings. And I mean, obviously a lot of things, right. a lot of things, uh, because they just became so big. Um, mm -hmm. And there's always a difficulty, right, when you have um, something like a company that's dealing with their brand. But they exploded, and they are so gorgeous. They, I love They're like one of my most treasured accessories. <laughs> yeah, right next to all of our Best in Show awards is like the Square Enix Cease and Desist. Love. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's Thanks hilarious. Uh, it, it was actually more flattering than anything. But yeah, I, I would just say find what you're passionate about because you never know what's going to land. And it, it's going to be something that you're never going to expect. A lot of people put a lot of time and effort into things. I, I, I make videos and content creation as well uh, for 14 over on Lorelines. But, you know, I'll spend weeks working on a video and it'll like it'll bomb. And then I'll make, you know, I'll, I'll work five minutes on a shit post and it'll blow up. And it's just, you yeah. never know what, what's going to be that thing. <laughs> so true. My favorite yeah. shit post of his that went viral was, uh, he likes this beer called Dragon's Milk. And he was like mm. drinking one uh. back as his Astinian. Just sitting on the couch <laughs> with his helmet. Like, you know, forget all the other cool photos oh. we just shot in Miami. It's like, no, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, I, I, Crystal, I love, I mean, I love what everybody's saying. And I, I think it all like, it centers around that idea that you were evoking, right? That like, mm -hmm. content creation is never a guaranteed thing. Um, you know, social media presence is never a guaranteed thing. And we have this like ingrained belief that if we matter, people will see it. And that like, if we, if we're cool, if we're good, if we're interesting, if we're skilled at cosplay, if we are um, worth anything, I do that with yeah. a million quotation marks, <laughs> yeah. that people will validate and recognize that worth. Um, and I think many of us here can resonate either having theater backgrounds, either being in content creation, either being in, you know, where there comes a day where you realize I may have worth and people may never validate that. And it's a very scary thought 
and a very empowering thought simultaneously because you realize that like first off everybody does have worth you have amazing worth it doesn't matter whether or not five million people like a thing or one single person saw that on twitter and went that's cool and hit a like you have worth that is indescribable by any numerical system that is indescribable by any algorithm that a website foists off on other people that worth that creativity whether you made a costume out of a trash bag and you were like i feel great wearing it or you're somebody who is so skilled that like you're creating entire full body armor sets and you know like it, it doesn't matter because you have worth and it's indescribable what that worth is on so many scales although we constantly try to label it and describe it so it is so important that idea that my worth does not make or break on this thing and it's something we have to all train ourselves over and over and over again but to share yourself in any way is amazing and i mean sharing cosplay sharing your passion sharing your art i do believe that over time people do gravitate towards it whether it's one person whether it's five thousand people whatever it is right and that still matters but it does not mean that you yourself are without value just because the greater echo chamber of the internet <laughs> doesn't yeah. acknowledge it on the same scale that it may for others that know how to game it and that know the algorithm that exploded overnight that right it, it's there's so many things that are outside of your control all you can ever control is yourself doing the things that bring you joy and so i think that's a big yeah. thing with social media and cosplay right like yeah Put it out there. Absolutely. You, there are ways that you can drive that. There are things like knowing that short video formats are becoming more and more popular. There are platforms that are better for it. There are a lot of ways you can troubleshoot it if you really want to grow it into something. Um, but it doesn't mean that like just because it didn't get recognized that you are without recognition or value. Yeah. As a non-content creator, like I used to do like some content stuff, but honestly, I just feel like it's it's whatever you want to get from it, right? Like so for me, yeah. in the past, I kind of felt like it was becoming this weird thing where it was like, oh my gosh, she's so, like so popular, and I felt like people only want to be my friend because they're like, ah, so I can get the likes too. It was really weird. Mm. So like I took a big step back and I just feel, find so much fulfillment being kind of like behind the scenes. Like I find like great people. I'm like, hey, I like gardening. Do you like gardening? I'm like, I'm okay being like the little old lady now. And I don't know. It's just like, you don't have to create content. You can if you want to and it's fantastic, but you know, that doesn't make you like any less of a cosplayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So wow my brain just went away you guys uh no some somewhat along those lines do you feel like cosplay has been affected by social media in this way or in any way i mean I it's like so. it's like anything right yeah um, yes absolutely yeah i feel uh, like I... it's no different than like other areas though where it's like everything is affected by social media a little bit. Yeah. There's so much positive to it too, though. Like, like oh, yeah. you know, for example, you make so many friends across the state and you're like, huh, you know what? That one person I cosplayed with five years ago, they're a lawyer now. Let me go ask them some lawyer shit. And, and it's just like, you just, you just, I know cosplay is like networking somehow because you have this like secret, oh my God, we're all like super fucking nerds. And like, even though I don't cosplay anymore and I don't want anyone to know it, I know they got dirt on me on LinkedIn, so but I'm just saying yeah, exactly. that's what I've taken from it oh, now man. in the professional field. Now that I'm older, I'm 36. I don't mind admitting that I'm 36. You know, it's just like everyone's got their thing, right? Anyway, yeah. Also, please. 
One thing I have seen, I think, is the influence that it's had on the younger generation of cosplayers. God, that makes us that oh makes me gosh. sound at least so old. I won't <laughs> speak for everybody like It's okay, I'm a geriatric <laughs> cosplayer. Go on. I'm 37. <laughs> These young people these days, they didn't get to wear garbage bags to conventions and have no one find out about it online. I mean, I think there's so much pressure for young people um, coming into the cosplay space because they see people like Yaya Han. They see people. They even have books now about cosplay where it is all of these tailored, you know, photography session photos. And they oftentimes, I think maybe get it in their minds that unless a build they do is perfect, unless they spend thousands of dollars on something, unless they can have a professional photo shoot, um, unless they have a body that is so banging <laughs> that it like, you know, like it, I think there's this mentality somewhat that like, you know, I can't even get into it unless it is all out when really it's going to a thrift shop. It's I have a purple wig and I kind of like this character that has purple hair. It's like, I don't know, doing a version of casual clothes of a character, doing something, right? Like, anybody can engage with it. So I feel like I have heard that feedback from, from a lot of younger people in particular who are seeing now cosplay in this more high-end way, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, polished, professional kind of That way. level has always been there. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say that. It's always been there. There have always been people who... Cosplay is the beginning and the end, the first mm -hmm. and the last. Um, and there are people who reflect the community badly for it. Mm -hmm. But um, there are more resources now than there have ever been. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my goodness. You're going to say something. I, oh, yeah. I will say that um, in that light, I, I have seen more than once someone you know, skipping meals or skipping paying rent to make a costume. Don't do that. Be be responsible, Ooh. take care of yourself, and then cosplay after that. It yep. is an addiction of sorts at times. As I mentioned earlier, we went to a, a bunch of conventions and I was very poor <laughs> as a young mm -hmm. person. It's yeah. that, that feeling you get from like finishing a costume and feeling like you did a good job, seeing how good it looks, and then having a community walk up to you and agree with you like oh man you look so great that's so cool it's it is a kind of high for sure but you know don't murder yourself over it right hmm. i feel like i um a lot, a lot needs to be said about um you kind of get what you put into it right so like if mm -hmm. you're like no one's commenting on my stuff it's like well are you commenting on other people's stuff are you being supportive mm -hmm. in the community because like you know if you're not like i don't know if you're not friendly you're not gonna really have engagement either i don't know be cool man be cool <laughs> there's this um so references have always been a thing um, i'm kind of like sneakily pushing us into competitions references so have always been a thing for competitions uh you back in the day you'd print out maybe a picture or two from your HP inkjet, and you take it <laughs> too real, too real to the craftsmanship uh, competition. Now, um, I use my phone now. I just pull up a couple pictures, and I'm like, "This is it. You can make it bigger if you want." But there are people who make these like very in-depth uh, reference, like books, like whole binders of. It's almost like a scrapbook for your costume, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a lot. It is a, a lot, and 
Uh, I have a friend who is in a cosplay forum and she was telling me that uh, a lot of young people, younger people in the cosplay community feel like this is required. It's not required. No, 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 no. If you show up to a, a, a judging situation and the judges are like, where's your cosplay Bible? That judge needs to not judge anymore. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing it. If you like doing it, if you like having the, the like path of how you made your costume i guess there's have at it if you want but i've just spent enough time making my costume i don't want to also make this book just a couple of references is fine so for for fan fest in 2018 we we made books and we had mm -hmm. them spiral bound and we took yeah. them with us and i, I guarantee i mean they looked fantastic they were gorgeous um but i will say having judged many competitions um, the judges are going to look at it for maybe 30 seconds and that's it. They're going to put it to the side and they're never going to look at it again. <laughs> I want to look at the costume. I want you mm. to tell me what you did, how you did it, how much you love doing it. Your book yeah, is cool, exactly. but I don't need it. I'm here to see you, <laughs> not the book you made. Yeah. yeah. So have all of you then, have you entered live competitions? I mean, I know you two have. Crystal, have you done competitions before? Yeah. yeah, the first like five or six years that I started doing conventions, I would go to them and compete in the cosplay competitions every time. And then after that, I was like, just kind of done. Because the, the main reason was because time. Because a lot of my time was spent on the Saturdays judging process. And like, I just wanted to hang out at the convention and have a good time, you know, with friends. And but like literally half of the day is like you're sitting in a line waiting to get judged for your uh, mm -hmm. for the masquerade. And then you go on stage and it's it's literally half of your day. It if not your more. day. It really does. Yeah. Right. And you better hope for judging is on the same day as the contest. Right. Yeah, that too. So like there's so many like I felt like I was losing my con experience after a while i was like oh well i didn't get to hang out with my friends you know that was like a lot of the point um so yeah i stopped i stopped competing after like five or six years i've judged a couple times but after that like didn't just was not for me i could but just so much is lost out of it i feel terrible like i want to but terrible system <laughs> it's fair I... it feels like there should be a bonus day or something where you yeah. just have the cosplay I competition. Wish. Sorry, I Tom, I didn't I... mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's better ways it could be done so where it's not so much of a time sink of your day of a convention, but uh, if they could solve that problem, I'd probably maybe go back mm. to it, but I also don't mind just being on the judge's seat. That's fine with me. <laughs> it certainly gives you more time to hang out with your friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my priorities just shifted over time, that's all. Yeah, same thing. Um, you know, got tired of spending half the con just yeah. in judging process or when you're judging, you're just trapped in a room, mm -hmm. um, especially when the judging takes two days and it was just too much for me. And I just wanted to go have fun again. Mm -hmm. yeah. For me, I stopped competing because like my my degree took priority and it's like I mm -hmm. less time to cosplay, more time for college. I mean, it just happens. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good priority. You did the good choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> great choice, great choice. I'm curious, um, just from all of you, this is kind of, I guess, expanding off of our questions, mm -hmm. so it's not specifically on the outline. Um, what did you take away from the very first times you ever entered competitions? Like, what are some tips or, like, just thoughts about 
going out for competition stuff um, because I actually I've never I've never done uh, a competition a cosplay competition and I've only seen like a handful of them but I know this is a huge thing even at FanFest that we'll have coming up so for anybody who's out there that's thinking about doing it what do you think are some good things about taking the stage or some good tips about that <laughs> Definitely, ha definitely have your stage poses ready because um, you you want to go oh, up yeah. there. You want to have your moment, and there will be like a lot of cameras snapping once you're on stage. And usually, you get two poses. So, and once you get on there, do your first pose. Hold it for three seconds. One, two, three. Get your pictures. Do your second pose again. Hold and then exit because there's been so many times I've seen an incredible costume and the person didn't like take the time to have their moment because they just rushed it on the stage and mm -hmm. they're like ah oh, no pictures I can't show my friend this cool costume I saw this yeah like when you're on stage you gotta own that stage like that stage is your bitch okay <laughs> like you go on that like it's a catwalk like strut your stuff show it off like you are proud of your creation and show that to the yeah. world. I know the nerves are very high. Yes. I think we all have experienced that, like how nerve wracking it is to get on stage. But I don't know about you guys, but from my experience, like the first step that you take on a stage, it like my it's nerves fine. go away. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm ready it's, to work it. You know, it's like, always beforehand. That was actually going to be so my, you will my first be nervous step. and yeah. it is normal, but mm -hmm just work it and yeah show it show off your stuff to the audience so yeah that was actually going to be my first tip breath. is um and along the lines of the the whole nervous thing pee before you're standing in line <laughs> <laughs> because when you're standing in line you're going to be nervous and you're going to feel like you have to pee but mm -hmm. you know you've already gone so you don't <laughs> yes 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 Zanidra, I'm so glad that I'm not the only person that gets yes. nervous pee. Yeah. Yes. It's a I thing. I feel like even if I've just peed, no joke, before every every shoutcast, every host, every race to world first, I'm like, did I pee three times? I peed three times. I already peed three times. <laughs> I already peed. You don't have to pee. You're just nervous. Just mm -hmm. having that little bit of comfort in the back of your head is going to help you. And, and like Crystal yeah. was saying, like, really work that stage because sometimes sometimes the judges this is, this is a little secret thing sometimes the judges get stuck because there are two costumes that craftsmanship wise are mm -hmm. just both beautiful and it's so hard to pick but one of those people got up on the stage and just rocked it and that's the person who's gonna win mm -hmm. that yep. is so true <laughs> very true and i i would say just to anyone considering entering a contest do it. You're better than you yes. think you are. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. it's not about winning. The prize is getting to be up on stage. So, yes, make use of it. Use that stage and, and showcase your hard work because it's everyone's there to see you. So and there are it. multiple uh, there are multiple levels of competition, too. Like you're probably if, especially if you're a new person, you're not going to be up against the person who like made full halo armor and it has like lighting and stuff. Mm. They're they're yeah. going to be in a different category. You if if winning is important to you which shouldn't be but you know it is always just a little bit you you want to know you did well and that's a way to have that feedback mm. then don't worry don't worry about what anybody else has on you're gonna be in the category where you belong and sometimes if you do a really good job again back behind the judges table 
they'll bump you up a category. Mm-hmm. They'll just be like, you know what? This person, they were better than all the people in the category above them, and they deserve an award, and that's where you're going. Yeah, and um, I will add, just compete for the experience at least once. Um, you don't have to be amazing, like, yeah, like you said. And I, like, even though I complained about, like, how much it took half of my day, <laughs> on the flip side of that, because it took half the day, I got to make some friends that way. So, mm-hmm. like, there were there were a lot of people, there was, like, three friends in particular that I can name that I met through cosplay competitions because you're there with them next to you half of the day. <laughs> yep. You're all going through this together, so it is a way to actually make friends. I think overall, like, it's still a good experience to at least try once for its, you know, there are pros and cons, but that is that is a pro. Got some friends along the way as well. You're right so now, right, right now in chat. It's gracious because, you know, you're like, your costumes breaking backstage and you rely on each other to mm-hmm. like look your best so be yeah. friendly anyway, yeah sorry, no you're totally good right now in chat people who saw each other and competed against each other have realized that they're talking to each other oh. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing it's so mm-hmm. special yeah. hilarious i love it Seven. it's good ah oh, so uh, funny okay. so um we've been talking about all these things uh that could help you in your competition a big one is read the rules. Every competition yeah. has rules. Yes. Um, Charles mentioned earlier um, when we were doing skits and we had 15 mm-hmm. people, the rule said 12 people on stage at a time. So we worked to make it so it was only 12 people. There, yep. there are all kinds of rules. Uh, a big one, I think Rook actually mentioned this earlier, is peace binding. Make sure your props, especially if they look dangerous, look like guns, are overly large. You get those peace bound by, gen- mm-hmm. I think it's generally security that does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Um, at least at the, the uh, convention that I still work for cosplay for, um, the rules are extensive. Yeah. <laughs> read yeah. them. Definitely read them. Yeah, and like the uh, make 50% of your costume. I remember judging a contest and this, this person was lying about a part that, like, we oh, all were friends yeah. with the person that actually commissions these things and we're just like please don't waste my time as a judge like mm. trying to lie to me lie to my face i know i already know you didn't make that so yeah. just don't even bother lying right. we probably already know mm. exactly just be up front it's very judges can tell <laughs> whether you made something yeah or not. um yep. i have here as a note like be familiar with the techniques you use so you can yes like mm-hmm. name it for what it is i used a blast mm. stitch on this and that will, if if a judge is like, did you make this or not? If you're able to explain to them what stitch you used and, you know, what setting your sewing machine was on and whatnot, they'll be like, okay, okay, okay. So that does It doesn't it. happen that... often, but people trip up on that sometimes. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, you didn't make it. That's kind of disappointing because I really liked yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even just thinking ahead to, if you're competing, right? Thinking ahead to what ex- like exactly you want to showcase about the outfit. Is it just the way you pull it off? Is it literally that it was a technical component on the build because you are in some kind of technical category? You're probably going to want to make sure that when you're across the stage, you show the back piece that you made mm. or, <laughs> you know, your poses yeah. take that into account. Just like knowing the techniques or like practicing in your head even a little bit beforehand i mean literally the amount of times that i just walk around my house talking to myself about nothing (laughs) 
like whether it's trying out a D&D character voice or it's like me posing fake questions to myself like oh yes Rook I see the beautiful hem you made because you know how to sew good now in this hypothetical situation and I'm like oh, yes thank you I did drape it just like Kappa told me so that it had more flow and movement and it did not get stuck in a weird way along the edge <laughs> Look. Or like, like for newer people, right? It's like they, if there's no shame in saying, "Yeah, my mom helped me make this," and it's just yeah, like yeah. maybe the judges will yeah. love your story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, be I shy to this be earlier. honest. Okay, go ahead. I said, "Don't be shy to be honest." Yes. Like if you uh, got help from something, if you had inspiration yeah. from something. I mentioned earlier the the whole like let me show you my seams thing. You will probably have a judge ask to see your seams if you have sewn something and they they think that it's interesting or. Um, very crisp and clean. They'll probably be like, can I see your seams? You can tell them <laughs> no if you want to, but you know, it's not going to hurt your case. But again, that is at times lifting up your skirt. So <laughs> you can tell them no if you want to. I went through a phase where I French seamed everything. Oh, and I, I was like showing everybody my seams. I, I mean, like, you, have my French seams. you have to. Look at them. <laughs> it's that like, might it's, be a... I was okay. gonna say that might be a consideration as well. If there's something about your costume that you know you're gonna have to show off or might have to show off, put some like jorts up underneath it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Or like, I mean, even just for general convention stuff, if you're gonna be like up or down, or if you're doing a video or something where like you know you're gonna have a lot of movement, take into account what that movement will be like. The I amount of times seems. I've yeah. yes, the amount oh. of times I've also been at conventions, yeah. so this won't be as relevant for FanFest, where it's at a windy place like any convention in Chicago. And if you have a skirt, just keeping in mind that that skirt gonna fly up. So you- <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, Katsukon in DC when you have oh to cross God. a bridge oh my in God. February now. Yeah. Two yeah, Sailor Moon February. cosplays at Katsukon yep. because we're stupid. <laughs> uh, Violinus of Hamlin was then too, I, I think, right? jacket on for yeah. the character though. I did fun. not. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so, FanFest, as we mentioned a couple times, also has a competition, and they have recently released the rules for it. So, there's a recent change, though? Question mark? I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that okay. the most notable change that caused a lot of controversy is that you do not have to have made your outfit. Is this correct? Oh, is this the big thing? That... that is, yeah, that is correct. Mm -hmm. huh. Oh. They changed that after they had put out the rules? They changed Already? it for this year, oh, they, specifically, okay, for this year. Okay, okay. versus previous years. So you oh. can enter the competition in a fully pre-made outfit um, or an outfit that was okay. made for you. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. Um, I don't I, I don't actually know, but I don't think that they did like a craftsmanship uh, style uh, check the first time, the other times either. I think it was just more like a be in your costume and look cool. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I can see where the controversy would strike up, but on the other hand, like, you can go if you didn't make your costume, but obviously if you made it, you're more likely to win. So, like, I, mm -hmm. I still don't see it as, like, a huge hindrance in that way, unless the only, the only thing I can think of is if you commissioned it from like a professional cosplayer, right. mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that that I can see as being maybe like on the more unfair side. But, you know, it depends on the, the kind of competition it is. It also depends on what the judges are looking for with that style of competition. I think there are more factors that play into it, but 
that's interesting for sure. I've never heard of that. Mm. So I, I actually have opinions here. Um, yeah, yeah. Bring it. <laughs> you, you so last time, um, you're, you're absolutely right. It was not a craftsmanship competition. It was more about your presence. Um, and, you know, they, they did a pre-interview to kind of gauge, you know, did you make your costume? Um, what What's your personality like? What kind of passion are you going to drive? And you have to remember, this is a marketing event for the game. So they're going to want people up there who are very energetic, who are going to get a lot of attention, who people are going to see and be like, oh, that's awesome. I want to check this game out. So that's more what they're looking for as far as last FanFest went. This FanFest, um, something stuck out in my mind. Originally, when they made this announcement, I was, I was super pissed off. I was like, how could they do this? This is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then I sat and thought about it, and I was like, no, it's fine. And <laughs> the reason was last FanFest, there was a huge screening process you had to go through in order to just get on stage. Mm. And they didn't have enough contestants to fill it out. I think it, right. it was capped at 50 and they had, I think, 36. Oh, and wow. so there, there was a lot of... The contest was shorter than it was supposed to be, basically. And so I completely understand with the way they did ticketing this year, where it's a lot more random. And, you know, a lot of the people who... Are, are more known in the community might not have necessarily been able to get tickets. So why not open it up to everybody? As Crystal laughs sadly in the distance. Oh. <laughs> I would have gladly gone in that competition. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I find that by removing the element of, of competition, not so much removing the element of competition, but making it more of a showcase rather than you're all competing against each other, I'm a lot less stressed out about this. Like I, I was stressing before. I was like, I gotta do this. I gotta get this done. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what? It's fine. I can go hang out. I can, I can do something that's a little more comfortable. And you know, I can spend half the day hanging out with my friends between getting judged and when I have to go up on stage. And I can enjoy FanFest. Whereas last year it was like the full day from judging until I, I was on stage was like dawn to dusk. Mm -hmm. And it, it was really brutal on my body um, because I didn't take any breaks. So I was an idiot and Kappa can attest to me being an idiot. <laughs> but, I, will, I won't because I'm a good wife. But yes, you are a good wife. Thank you. All I said say about my experience, like I wanted to make Heidelin because, yeah, I wanted to have like a showstopper moment. But now that it's like the, the making is a little bit less important. Now I'm like, you know what? I love Lena from Shadowbringers, so I'm gonna focus on yeah. that more now because it's because uh, I genuinely love her. So now it's like, eh, you take what you want from it. Somebody else can maybe have their showstopper moment, and that's cool for them. But for me, like that's that's how my values were reprioritized. I don't know if that's a word, but we're gonna go yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah, and I feel like we're gonna have more fun now because of these changes. So I'm I'm actually mm -hmm. kind yeah. of grateful, even if my initial knee jerk reaction was like, oh, this is a terrible idea. It's actually oh, not. Yeah, I was totally thinking of like putting some kind of like camping water harness in my Heidelin wings. Mm -hmm. Like stay hydrated all day. Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, oh I know. Goodness. Like this level of crazy <laughs> I have here. But they did but, yeah, include, I think, in, in like the the rules and whatnot. Anybody who enters gets the prize. There's not like a. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's your I... standard like scarf of wondrous wit, blue bird earring. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, but still, but I mean, 
yeah, the glory moment, right? Like the the moment of being recognized in front of the community. I mean, that still has so much yeah. value that's beyond like them giving you something, you know, really specific. Mm -hmm. And I do love, I love hearing all of your thoughts on it because there was so much discussion in the community about it, it whether it was good, whether it was bad, what this meant, if professional cosplayers should even strive to, you know, try to deliver something um, when, you know, you're up against this, yes, maybe non-craftsmanship oriented mindset but like you're saying i mean i think this game has always been about that inclusivity right it's always been and from the marketing standpoint and from every standpoint the idea that like hey especially at a fan event we just want people to be able to come and participate and have fun and i hadn't even thought about with the extreme rng of tickets this year which I mean, again, we all understand why they do it this way. It's very similar to how like other raffles are done um, in JP. If anything, it's just a, it's just showing, right, that the game is growing beyond any capacity. Like mm -hmm. it's so tough, but it's also really devastating. Yes, if somebody has been like prepping for two years since the last expansion for some kind of showstopper cosplay to do at the fan fest, and then there's no way for them to assuredly secure tickets. So. It creates this very interesting dilemma in the community, and um, you know, I, it is so interesting to hear that perspective. So I hope that is something that they continue to think about, and I think opening it up was a good move in those regards, right? And just to encourage everyone, hey, show your love for the game, get up there, give it a shot. Um, but I mean, yeah, tough when some of those artisans may not even be able to be there to showcase, for sure. I, I'm more curious to hear about like the art contest because I haven't heard a peep from that this year. Right. And I remember oh, seeing yeah. so much great work and yes. you know, we'll see what happens. It's really cool to see everybody's work in all of these different artistic fields. It's really neat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on competition, you guys? No, not right now. No. Any other okay. thoughts on cosplay? Because that's our last bullet point. If you Go haven't on. done it, try it. <laughs> yeah. Try it and have fun. Boom. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like like Zen said, it's more accessible now than it ever has been. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, just you can just go online and buy a costume, put it on, and there you go. I definitely threw Halloween stores under the bus earlier with the wig thing, but Halloween stores actually have semi-legitimate anime character costumes now. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I saw some of those Fallout costumes at Spirit Halloween, and I, I like totally forgot to go back and buy one. So like now I'm stocking it this year. I want my <laughs> Fallout cosplays. And remember that after Halloween, they usually massively discount everything in the stores yep. that are still left. So. green. <laughs> we are those people there on November first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always, always. All right. Well, then we're gonna we're gonna do our wrap up. Yes. Woo! Woo! All right, I, as some of you may heard, may have heard, words are hard. I don't know how to do them anymore. I'm Michelle slash Zanidra slash Tataru today, and you can find me on Twitter at Zanidra underscore A. Sometimes, almost never, on Twitch at Strawberry Bob. More likely, you will find me on Twitch at uh, plus the word when the number shot the word, which is a D&D &D podcast that I do with my buddy Aldino over there. And a bunch of other friends. We have recently started a show where we also just talk about D&D instead of playing it. And uh, they went over the um, Playtest 5 mm -hmm. release recently oh. uh, from top to bottom. So if you're interested in that at all, those shows will be up very soon. I think um, all together is like five hours. It's, 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 I think it's, it's a lot. It's, I think it's longer than that. I think it's <laughs> yeah. like seven hours. Uh, 
And that's all up on YouTube as well on uh, Plus One Shot. Hello, I'm Aldino. I'm here and only here. That's mostly true. I also <laughs> have a Twitter that I don't use because uh, I don't create any content other than plus the word, one the number, shot the word uh, uh, here on, well, not he well, yes, here on Twitch. Um, there's a few games that I'm in. There's a game here on Aetherite Radio that one day we'll get back to. Um, we will. Hey. It's Final Fantasy D&D. Well, you know, Rook, if I didn't have to do your game, which was amazing, maybe I would have. No, I wouldn't have. No, I would not have. No, there wouldn't have been time to do another. One. I regret nothing. It was so much fun. And the community yeah. loved it. Thanks, Aldina. Yes. Uh, that's it for me, honestly. So, Rook. Hello, I'm Rook. You can find me on the internet when I talk good about things about MMORPGs, even though I can't so to save my life. So no knowledge about that. Uh, but it's been wonderful today to hear from all of you that do have that knowledge and that cosplay experience. So thank you again for joining us. Um, if you're curious about MMORPG content, particularly Final Fantasy XIV and Guild Wars 2, and you like a good comfy space to laugh about it, talk about it, discuss about it, and just be welcome no matter who you are, come by sometime. You can find me on Twitch at Rookery. That's R-O-O-K-U-R-I. You can also find a lot of story and lore content uh, over on my YouTube, which is also Rookery. And if you want to keep up to date with what's going on, everything that's happening, pictures of my cats, of my face, of stuff, you know, go to Twitter, um, which is at Rookery underscore. If I'm not live on my own channel, I'm probably live on one of the two lovely podcasts that I do, uh, Lightbringers podcast for Guild Wars 2 and this one right here, Aetherite Radio for 14. And I've been doing a lot of shoutcasting, hosting, and commentating recently for MMOs, including World of Warcraft 14, and hopefully Guild Wars 2 more soon. we got to get more of that scene going over there. Um, so again, uh, usually Twitter, all that good stuff is where I talk about that and what we're doing where, since I've been a little bit less less on my own channel recently, though I'm hoping soon to up those hours even more so, um, and somehow figure out how to make that all work together schedule-wise. So, we'll, you know, we'll do it. <laughs> we are um, currently working on adding two more hours to the day, so pretty soon that will be implemented, and then you'll be able to either sleep more or do more content. Yeah. Thank you. Ooh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love that. That would be wonderful. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. For the show, you can find, well, you can find us pretty much everywhere, Aetherite Radio, but specifically Twitter, and uh, you can email us at aetheriteradio at gamerscape.com. We love emails. Um, we used to have a guy who would email us all the time. Where'd you go, Paul? Come back. <laughs> um, you can uh, find us for Gamerscape, which is a website that uh, Aetherite Radio is under, works for, does all this wonderful stuff for. We have a Twitter. We have a Twitch, which is where you are now if you're watching live. We have a YouTube. We have a Facebook, and that's all Gamerscape. We also have a Discord. Discord.gg slash Gamerscape. We have a bunch of channels in there. Uh, we have a lore channel. We have an Aetherite Radio channel. We have a social channel if you just like to talk to people. We also like to talk to people, so we'll talk to you. If you want, I guess. <laughs> and uh, we, as you may have noticed, had some beautiful, wonderful guests. Uh, Crystal, would you tell us where you can be found? Sure thing. I can be found on the internet, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, on Instagram, all. Crystal, two A's, two H's. I make, I, I stream on Twitch games, I highlight them on YouTube, and I do cosplay dancing videos as well. And also one thing I uh, do want to say is that this year I am starting to travel to conventions to do dance classes and stuff. 
Ooh. So I want to like sign up for, uh, I put in a couple applications to do workshops. So I might be coming to a convention near you uh, to like teach dance. Hmm? Which ones? Uh, right now I'm working on, cause I'm based in Canada. So right now I'm working on Montreal conventions cause those ones are bigger. So I put in for a talkathon. That is the current, uh, the closest one, a talkathon in Montreal. So yeah, we'll see if that goes through. I hope so, because I would like to teach dance. But yeah, that would I'm be a really cool panel. Yeah. Yeah. Teaching dance panel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. All right. Oh, I guess I'm next. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm Coveran. Um, Kevin, you can find me on Twitter primarily, um, at Coveran. Uh, I'm also on Twitch. I'm part of the Lorelines uh, 14 Lore podcast. Uh, I have a YouTube channel with them as well, as well as my own YouTube channel, which has been woefully neglected for like two years. But there's some really cool stuff there that people seem to really still enjoy. Uh, so I, I'm always fielding comments over there. Um, I have an Instagram. It's it's dormant right now, but I'm planning to, to start posting to it again, hopefully relatively soon. So, um, yeah. Can vouch. Lorelines, amazing, fantastic. Go <laughs> listen to all of their lore content. It's so good. There's so much good stuff in there. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'm Christine. Online, I go by Kapalaka. You can find me on Twitch, Reddit, Instagram. And like, I still cosplay pretty actively, as you can see from our <laughs> recently <laughs> modeled cosplay room. I'm so jealous. So organized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, that little bit of OCD I have. But like these days when I'm not cosplaying, I'm making figurines. So check out my light up to be so cool. red. I'm all about the red outfits. Mm -hmm. and, uh, again, yeah, super into making figurines. So, you know, if you don't want to only talk about cosplay with me, let's talk figure making. When are you going to open up Custom Warrior of Light figurine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually am working on a, a Heidelin figurine that I should have been done with last year, but um, yeah, oh. just just find my online art alias, which I won't say, but it's out there. Mm. So, you know, you know, okay. Oh, it's a secret. Okay. Wow, wow, we gotta go find it now. Okay, so mystery. You're, uh, mystery. you're working on your, your second cease and desist, is that what we're hearing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as soon as that brand gets cut off by Square, just cut it loose. <laughs> Oh, no. <gasps> no, no, I'm just more fascinated by artists like Banksy. And I mean, honestly, I want to keep the focus of my work on the work. So I don't really mm -hmm. want it to be like my face. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's what that's all about. I get that. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been super fun. I hope that everybody in chat and everybody who listens to this in the future takes all these great tips and tries it out and has fun as we have demanded of you. Have fun. You will what have else? fun. Have fun, or else. Um, <laughs> we'll have fun. <laughs> so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, yes. Thank you all. It was a we great time. Fun. It was so <laughs> great to talk with you. And hey, everybody, take inspiration from these wonderful people, from all the, the information they shared. We'd love to see your costumes at FanFest. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. yes. yes. We're going to yes. be there. So like run up to us and be like, look, I did this because of you. And we'll just <laughs> probably have a moment. And I'm going to do that to you now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Great, great, great. Excited, I'm so excited. Ready. I'm so ready. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. I got really excited. Oh, we are not gonna be here next week. That's what it was. Uh, but we will be here the following week. So 
sorry about being gone for a week, but it's my fault. I still fusion. Yeah, <laughs> still fusion if he's here. And I told him, I was like, we could do the podcast if fusion was like, well, we have so many other things we're doing. So that was all my bad, and I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> we won't be here. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And that's it for us. We will be back in two weeks. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.